Cold Storage is a podcast where each episode we pick a different story from the long history of comics and dissect and review it for your listening euphoria. Join us as we stumble our way through some of the most important storylines mixed with some of our favorites. Enjoy. Welcome back to another great edition of Cold Storage. This is Callie. With me are... This is Spencer. I'm Ryan. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for being here. So, um, I noticed at the top you said this was going to be a great edition of the podcast, It is a lot right? to live up to. It is. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Would yep. you say that this is a collector's edition of the podcast? I would say it's the special edition. Okay. Mm. Right? Polybags? Deluxe? No. Yeah. No collector. Yeah, you're right. Collector edition. Foil. Yes. No, we yeah. should put out a collected edition of our podcast on a CD, and people can buy it. <laughs> it's a great idea <laughs> with content that's way old. <laughs> on a CD, no less. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Is it kind of ironic that we're like talking about a visual art form, but we are just are blind <laughs> <laughs> my, yeah. my artwork is in braille <laughs> what i think is ironic is we're reviewing a book that not everybody's read like not everybody in this room has read oh i've definitely read it <laughs> not recently well, like i guess it's on recently <laughs> sorry dude I, I was debating whether i was going to call you out or, or not but eventually uh, my hatred for you took over. yeah that's yeah. okay that's all right um, so Callie, you've yes. been building a shed, huh? Building a shed. Yeah. Damn. Yep. Listening to some country music. Listen to country music. Yep. Yeah. You're a big Johnny Cash guy. Uh, I, I can't say I'm a huge Johnny Cash guy cause I don't really like, I like, I don't want to be a poser and be like, I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan, but like there's a few songs that I've never heard that I genuinely enjoy mm. and I played for coworkers and for my wife and kids and stuff. So I'd say my uh, fandom is rising Good for, for Johnny Cash. Right on. Good yep. for you, dude. And, and Hank Williams Jr. Yeah? Yep. Dude, you got any senior in there? Uh, Hank Williams Sr.? Oh, no, I, I I don't think so. I, I, I haven't come across him as far as I can tell. I'm so. building a playlist for you, dude. So okay. the Hank Sr.'s on there. Okay. So you'll, you'll yeah, I'd be down to listen. Yeah. I love that song, Family Tradition. Oh yeah, that song is. But I don't know if that's too poppy. You know what I mean? No, it's definitely not. It's, okay, it's about doing drugs and yeah. Like why don't you smoke? Yeah, I and mean, why do you well, drink? Yeah, yeah. Why do you roll smoke? Yeah, so yep. it, and it's all about because oh, do he does smoke? it because yeah. it's a family tradition because his dad yep. was yeah. known for that and died in the back of a car because of too much alcohol and pills. So, um, yeah. So that's why. And, and then his grand, then the grandson. Hank three uh-huh. also followed that same family tradition. Yeah, yeah. I'll so say. Huh. He's, he's all about the alcohol and pills and stuff, and just living life. Yeah, to like its crazy. fullest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Interesting. We don't do drugs or alcohol. Tonight's uh, episode is <laughs> brought by brought to you by Monkey Shoulder, the original blended malt Scotch whiskey. Which batch? Twenty seven. Yep. You gotta get the batch. That's number. a good year. Yeah, because <laughs> no, no, it's definitely not a year. It's a batch. Okay, it it a would batch. say year if it was a year. Okay, but it's a batch, and the reason why 
is because the fact that um, there's too many different things that can go into um, making whiskey mm -hmm. um, that each glass, each bottle of the same batch should taste the same. But if you get another batch, it may taste slightly different just due to uh, yeah. huh. the different the environment at the time around or the barrels that they used or whatever. Right. So, yeah, it's I'm kind of digging this, Spence. I'm kind of getting into it. I like it a lot, dude. I mean, it's it's scotch. Scotch is different than your bourbons. Um, it tastes... Uh, See, Cal, I'm more of a bourbon man. Okay. Yeah. But scotch um, will taste a little bit more oaky, more mossy a little bit. Um, a little bit more kerosene-y. So if what you're telling me, if I go camping <laughs> and I mix together some bark moss and some kerosene in a blender, I got scotch. Well, yeah, but you got to distill it and stuff, too. I oh, mean, okay. there's, there's more to it than that. But sure. Yeah. Then just leave in that blender for 12 years <laughs> and then go back and get it. <laughs> no, the, the weird thing is, Spence, is when I first started drinking mm -hmm. at a at late pretty late age i really i kind of just like started drinking scotch oh really like before beer before like any <laughs> of the wine coolers or anything that you're supposed to start off with i like dove into the, the deep end with scotch yeah. i'm like oh this is great and then and then i like kind of went backwards and like started mm. drinking all the fruity like like high school girl kind of <laughs> stuff you like know apple teenies right yeah but so now so now when i drink scotch and like oh good god but yeah this is all right though you gotta, develop, used to it. you gotta develop your taste for yeah it again, I'm gonna have to get it really it. to me is is one of the best whiskeys um irish whiskey i like a lot too it has a similar taste yes. to it, but uh yeah there's nothing like a good scotch but it's expensive that's the other problem yeah. too this it, wasn't too bad yeah um yeah they have but like like the middle shelf is always about ten dollars more than bourbon middle shelf is um but uh, oh, yeah, it's good. Bourbon. And the top shelf is yeah. just ridiculous. I love bourbon man. so much. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet bourbon. <laughs> um, so I think it's our first podcast that we've done since our boy Chadwick died, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, yep. We gotta talk about that. What do you think about that, Callie? It's uh, it is sad um, to see anybody like. I mean, I guess anybody dying is sad, really, you know, well, but like, yeah. I guess, but I mean, for him, young the, people, sure, yeah. young people, and a couple of things that are really sad, like him battling with cancer for four years that the most of the public didn't know about, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing is like the impact that Black Panther had on the black community um, and him being the main voice for that, um, I think it was a real big uh, blow, like a really big impact. Um, with him dying as well. For sure. And so I think those two things um, kind of made it more, um, like, more, I don't know if presence the right word, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it was more, like... Just impactful. Exactly, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the thing, is I think uh, more than a lot of uh, celebrities that die, I think people had a close attachment to him for what, you know, he represented, but also, he's, from all accounts, he sounds like a really good person, as well, which you don't always see in Hollywood. Right. And so, um, yeah, so I think that the, the impact of both those, because he was somebody he could look up to, like every one of the his co-stars on the Avengers was just saying how he was just like really like thoughtful person, really smart, and he uh, and caring and everything like that. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, dude, it's tough. And when you get that young man, like 43, I think. Yeah, something and, like that. And he's like, it's the height of his career, right? It's on right. fire. Yeah. And then it takes him, dude. It's, he got diagnosed at stage three. 
which is pretty bad. I mean, it's not a death sentence necessarily, but it's uh, the survival rate of stage three, I believe, is they say is like 50, basically 50, 50. Oof, that's rough. Yeah. yeah. And then stage four, I think it's like 80, 20 or something like that. Um, I actually, um, you guys know this, but I had colon cancer, the same cancer that he, mm-hmm. Chadwick, died of. Mm-hmm. And I was diagnosed at stage one, which rarely happens because like with colon cancer there's just no signs a lot of times you know um but you know with me there was i went to the doctor and the doctor said well let's get you scheduled for a colonoscopy and then they found it thank goodness yeah that's right it sounds like what happened with him is there was no signs until Uh, it was like too late yeah Yeah. far too late yeah yeah so yeah it's really crappy um sucks but yeah, I mean, especially now, just because everybody—I mean, Marvel movies seem to mean so much to everybody. It's crazy, right? Like everybody is affected by Marvel movies now. Whereas, like you know, before it was just the nerds that would be into stuff like right. that. But hey, yeah, now it's everyone. Did. Yeah, I saw him on uh, Jimmy Fallon, and uh, people were like, um, like this was like a replay or something but anyway uh, they would walk up to the poster of black panther and talk about their experience with black panther and he'd come out behind this curtain and, like give him hugs and stuff it was kind of it was kind of heartfelt <laughs> it was awesome. like a six minute video or something hmm. so anyway it was good well and he was like i mean all the avengers do this i think it's part of their contract where they go they have to go and do like uh to hospitals children's hospitals and stuff um but it's just crazy to know that he was there doing it you know while he was battling the same thing that all those kids were battling right like right and you know and just being strong for the kids who were going through it and when he could have just been like i know life sucks look at me i've yeah. got cancer like <laughs> right i never stopped tell- telling people that i had cancer i'm still <laughs> trying to get uh bank off of that but trying to get a gofundme going <laughs> <laughs> six years after i've been cured yeah. <laughs> for the ptsd yeah that's a good idea. um, um so we're gonna come up with a new, um, uh, new segment. Uh, I, some of you may have heard this before. I can't remember if it was on this show or the show previously. Uh, but it was it, the previous. Okay. One. So we had a segment. Go ahead, Spencer. We had a show called Key Back Issue. That's right. And that's why this segment is called Key to Me, right? Right. Yep. So Key to Me is a an issue that one of us will share each episode uh, that is near and dear to them for one reason or another, whether it's artwork, whether it's an experience in life, whether it's the writing, whatever it may be, whatever drew, drew our attention and what what made, made it matter to us. Uh, so today, Spencer will be presenting us with uh, his key to me. <clears throat> Thank you, Callie, for this opportunity. I'd like to start off by saying that um, comics are my best friends. Um, so yeah, so um, this is just uh, like Kelly was saying. It's just key to me. It's a personal, important, personally important comic book. Not necessarily one that everybody loved um, or meant a lot to other people. Um, it may have um, specifically this one too, but uh, for me, this was important. So. I had been uh, big into comics growing up in elementary school, right? But it was mainly, you know, uh, Marvel, DC, like most kids our age sure. at that time. And uh, I had collected mostly DC and was getting all of the Batman stuff for the most part. And then I think around probably eighth grade, I, I stopped collecting comics because 
I was having real popularity problems in school, <laughs> so <laughs> so I just tried to be a little bit cooler. I realized I couldn't talk about comics with the kids at school and stuff, and so I, I put that on the back burner. And then uh, around 92, 93, Image had formed, but I didn't know about it because I was not reading comics necessarily, but I did have... I met another kid who was still into comics and he was just like told me it's like you got to get image man all mm. of these all of these guys from marvel went over and and created this company image and so he showed me like you know young blood he showed me spawn savage dragon Damn. and i'd been out of comics for a long time and that was a big deal for me right like and i'm just at, barely at the end of junior high beginning of high school probably mm -hmm. and uh and i was just like oh dude these are cool and he, i didn't know these artists because i was mostly a dc guy so i don't i don't actually remember seeing any of these artists stuff beforehand um really wow yeah. so yeah that's i got to know jim lee and mark Silvestri and eric huh. larson and and todd mcfarlane and liefeld all through, through image yeah. and then i went back I mean, I had to have seen Rob Liefeld's X-Force stuff, right? Because it was, like, yeah. everywhere, right? So I couldn't and have his, not seen his that. his commercial and stuff with yeah. uh, Spike well, I do, Lee. I do remember the commercial, but uh, I, wasn't he at um, Image by then? I assumed he was, but I don't know. Maybe not. It could have been Damn. in the height of his Marvel. I thought I thought it was, like, Marvel. I could be wrong. It, yeah, it could be. I, maybe they even said Because I swear he shows Dom Domino or yeah, something maybe on the you're commercial. Right. I just remember the Spike Man drawing that yeah. he did. Yeah, Spike. Yeah, Spike. Um, but yeah, that's a funny commercial. You guys should go out and watch that. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure lots of you have. But uh, Spike Lee or uh, Levi's did this commercial where they would show like people living their dreams, basically right. and doing it in button fly 501 jeans. Yeah, I think Spike Lee directed all of them, right? He I think he might have. Yeah. Um, and it was like so, a Michael Jordan one or something. Or well, Spike Lee did all the Jordan commercials that's what the I'm actual jordan commercials. okay that's what yeah. i'm thinking never mind so um, i can't remember who else was in this levi's scene or, or series but uh i know there's a couple other ones and i i don't remember either but i know there's more than rob life right. yeah i remember i remember actually seeing that on tv and like holy shit no, like, that's dude, rob Liefeld. What, what's happened to comics dude, i was so yeah. stoked no because i was a big life right dude, dude, dude. But uh, yeah, I was so excited. Well, and see, just the fact that like people knew about comics, right? Like, people didn't before. <coughs> I mean, outside of comic shops or whatever, right? I showed you guys a video the other day. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but Rob Liefeld was on Dennis Miller. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. And uh, yeah, it was cool because Dennis Miller was going off and talking about all this stuff. He like was he he brought out like Norrin Rad, he, like the name Norrin Rad, and then he got yeah. off. He went off on like the fighting commandos and stuff. Like holy cow, that's awesome, dude! You could tell he's like blowing right the Rob's mind too. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, those guys lived through like the stuff where they were rock stars at the time, right? So, but but yeah, I hadn't. They they were starting to be rock stars until Image got created. Then they just blew up, right? right? And they were making so much money just buying crazy cars and just yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, anyway, um, I, I was in art class. Um, Let's see, let me get these dates right. Um, probably eighth grade. Anyway, I guess it doesn't matter to you guys. Anyway, I was in art class and I saw my friend drawing Spawn and he was drawing everybody, uh, lots of people in art class at the time would copy just comic book drawings um, hmm. and then wow. just draw a comic book drawing in Prismacolor and then turn it in or whatever. I did that too. I drew some uh, 
Lobo infanticide. Do you remember that? Uh, oh, yeah. With Keith Giffen, his drawings where he would draw, the, draw that crazy style. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did one of those Lobo ones and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, somebody drew Spawn. I'm like, dude, this guy looks cool. Who is he? And so he told me about it. And then I went down to the shop, and the first one I could get my hands on was this um, Spawn 5. So these huh. had been out for a little while before. I, I think Five Spawn... Five months, I guess. Yeah, I think Spawn 4 was out at the time this kid was drawing it. Because, yeah, he was drawing a picture of... Uh, Spawn, and then he drew another picture of Violator, I remember. And Violator was introduced in number four. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, uh, so I went down, I picked up five, and first of all, um, you know, I'm used to... Great cover. Yeah, it it's, is the cover's cover. good. Yeah, yeah, he's got him hanging over, Spawn's hanging over the edge of a building, you know, and his cape's all over the place, and his chains are all over the place. And it's just, the, the other thing, too, is the coloring is, like, yeah. mind-blowing here, because if you're, you know... I, I told you guys I, I'd been out of comics for a little bit, so up until then it was all newsprint, and it was just mostly single colors, you know, some shading sometimes. Right. But then they'd moved to computer coloring um, here, and uh, it was just it was crazy uh, the the difference. Um, so this um, so I remember just like looking at these. It's like when you used to buy CDs or whatever records, and you would just look at like every little detail. Uh-huh. You read the liner notes, right? right and so yep. I would find out. I would look through everything. I'm like reading through this. Oh, dedicated to Will Eisner. Who's this? And like, because I probably didn't. I'm sure I didn't know at the time. Um, so the color, Steve Ol- uh, Steve Olaf and Ruben Rude. And so you would make notes of these, and then you'd see them other places, and you'd be like, oh, interesting. Right. And so that's. And I'd always been in, like I said, I, I think Norm Brayfogle was, you know, I'd recognize him as an artist because um, I love the Batman stuff. But I didn't really follow artists necessarily, and I didn't have a favorite. So I think I, I think that Todd McFarlane ended up becoming like my first real favorite because that's the first one that I would go and search out just stuff that he did but uh, instead of just the character itself, you know. Um, so after this, I went back and got like the Spider-Man ones and, oh, okay. and things like that. And yeah, that's what I was about to ask. All right. Yeah. So this particular issue, like I said, it was my first introduction to this, and it talks about um, Billy Kincaid, who is a uh, child molester, <laughs> and, and uh, he drives an ice cream truck around. Oh, of course. And, uh, and uh, actually, maybe he just kills him. I, I think he might just kill him. Um, I don't know if it actually says for sure, but so it just follows this guy around. It starts out with this guy's face, and you know you can just see that he's not a good guy. But then I would just would notice like um, I loved how Todd McFarlane drew like all the little details and stuff like all these little like weird lines in the faces and things like mm-hmm. that I'd never really seen somebody do before. So I instead of just looking at the picture, I could sit and study um, the image and just get like look at all the little um, flares that he would put on it and here and it's just different because here he did panels in blood, right? Like the the panels are. Um, Instead of just like white blocky panels, they're just done in dripping blood. Not so weird to see something like that today, but for his time, like that was something you didn't right. see. I'm not right. saying he was the first one to do stuff like this, but you just didn't see it, especially in a million, you know, million selling comic book. So, so to me, that was my first exposure to something like this, and I was just like, holy cow, this is really cool. And then um, I I liked his cartoony style because Todd has like a cartoony kind of flair to his stuff. It's not hyper realistic. Um, and so I thought, uh, and I'd always loved cartoons growing up. Um, oh, and then like, like I'm going through this and then you're seeing things like, um, 
You see Felix the Cat. You see Cerebus in here, right? Yeah, Felix the Cat is always in Todd's yeah. stuff. Yeah, he even with the Spider-Man stuff, yeah. he, he put him in there. And uh, and uh, with Spider-Man, he used to do this thing where like uh, he would put so many spiders on the cover, and like people would count and see how many spider hidden spiders were on the cover. Stuff like that was fun huh. for me. Cool. And like uh, another image guy, Dan Frega, would do stuff like that. He would hide stuff in the issue that was just fun to look at because like that, I would just pour over these. I would just stare at each panel right so when you saw something you'd be like oh that's cool so he has a cerebus um in the baby's um bassinet like a cerebus doll which is interesting because a few issues after this the cerebus appears in oh yeah that's right and i didn't know who that was until spawn uh until he showed up in that spawn book but that's one that todd looked up to as an indie book um was cerebus in fact todd just recently passed uh, Cerebus for Indeed, being the, the record? most, yeah, the most published oh indie, indie book. Yeah, crazy. Oh wow. So Cerebus had 300 issues, mm-hmm. uh, and then he stopped. And then with the 301 that Spawn just recently had a few months ago, he he oh, he took that over. Damn, I didn't know that. And so, hmm. um, yeah, so I just um, this was just so different to me. Like, yeah, this is so messed up. There's this one where. He's gluing kids' fingers. He's doing oh what's my called. Gosh. He's yeah. doing finger painting, is what he calls it. Oh my gosh. And it's just cut off kids' <laughs> fingers, stuck to this thing. Holy crap! And I should not be. I mean, in seventh or eighth I'm grade. I'm surprised I don't remember this. That's pretty yeah. screwed up. <laughs> seventh or eighth grade. I mean, I would have gotten in trouble. In fact, my dad did eventually find all my image comics, and made me get rid of them in in on mass. I had to get rid of all of my image comics. This was like a year or two after this. Um, and my dad's a comic book collector. He's the one who got me into comics, but you know, he's old school comic collectors. They weren't doing stuff like this, you know, in the comics he was reading. So when he found them and found out what they were, he made me get rid of them. Luckily I sold them to a friend for basically like cover price. And so I still made like, sold them back then for a time when I could actually sell them (laughs) for cover price. Yeah. Like this one, these are the spawns still have some value. Um, like they're still kind of expensive, but yeah, all my other image comics, dude, I, I, I made out like a bandit dude by selling those at the time I had to. Dang. But yeah, you just have, I just remember seeing like people just jumping off the pages and stuff. And, and, uh, I really love that this, um, spawn character like was just sleeping like in an alleyway and he was like, not your typical hero. Right. Um, and then, oh yeah, the spawn mobile dude. There's uh, he would have wow. posters in the middle of all of his stuff. <laughs> but yeah, there was a spawn race car that there's a poster of here. Um, and uh, so, oh dude, this is like I remember this being one of my oh, favorite panels. Yeah. Like, That's there's cool. one of spawn jumping off a building in his cape is probably <laughs> forty feet long. Yeah, forty or fifty yeah. feet long, dude. And that's what was interesting about these guys because like. A lot of these guys, these image guys will be the first to tell you that they don't try to draw things realistic, right? Like, and same, that's the way Jack Kirby was too. Like, why draw it realistic if I can draw it cooler than realistic, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it doesn't need to make sense. His cape doesn't need to make sense for this image. It's okay. It's it okay. It looks cool. Yeah. It's memorable. If his yeah. cape isn't the same size in the next one, that's just fine, right? right? As long as it looks cool. And I thought that's what was, I mean, that was like, that was the whole thing about all of these guys' stuff. Rob Liefeld, that was his thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he would completely tweak anatomy um, to to do what he needed it to do. Um, so, uh, so basically, Spawn finds out that there's um, this kitty killer and comes after him, right? Um, and yeah, it's like a, there's a page here where Spawn is standing next to Billy Kincaid. It's just a, there's tons of full page splashes. 
but just like looking at the hands and just how chunky the hands yeah. looked and just how like it, Todd would just like take so much time drawing all these little like marks that make it look cool that they didn't need necessarily but I thought it looked cool so anyway this is the picture right here that like set me off so like the detectives come and find him and this guy Billy Kincaid is hanging in a dark room with chains he has a, a sign um, stabbed into his chest like with popsicle sticks and ice cream scoops and it says boys screamed and girls screamed so I made him scream and scream and scream and he's got a popsicle shoved in his mouth and just blood is just dripping all over I actually did draw this uh, <laughs> wow. yeah, I didn't turn it in at art class but I did draw a picture of it because I was just like uh, like that was like insane to me man I'm like what is this and so yeah so I found a new favorite artist with this book and I was just like, what is going on here? And I, you know, I had to see like how shocking this was. I had to see what was going to happen in the next, in the next one. So, and then I used to love to read the backs of these things so much because that's where you'd find out a lot. You know, you didn't, every old dude says this, but we didn't have the internet in those days. Right. So <laughs> like when you wanted to find out about anything, it was in the letters columns. It was in yep. the, what you know, most artists or most creators um would have like a section where they spoke and stuff and here he's talking about um dave sim from cerebus and and in here so like that helped me learn oh it's cerebus that's interesting uh and then he's talking about you know frank miller i probably didn't know who frank miller was at the time but he's talking about him working on a thing called sin city and then at the very end here there's a there's a uh, ad for sin city and i'm like oh that looks so cool so I remember around the same time going and getting Sin City when it came out, and huh. I was like, and I didn't know about the crime genre. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't even aware of any of that stuff because I grew up just knowing superheroes. So this was like all this stuff was so a huge awakening. So you for didn't me. know like Dark Knight Returns or anything at this point. I did, but I didn't. I don't think you I didn't knew. realize it was Frank. Yeah, I didn't think. Yeah, right. And and I for sure when I did put them together it was just like it was after I'd already gotten Sin City, and I'm like, oh gotcha. my gosh, this is the guy that okay. did. Uh, yeah, Dark Knight okay. Returns. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, yeah, there was. I used to like they used to always have like pinups and stuff in the background, and this is when they were still associated with Malibu Comics, and so you'd see some uh, Malibu. Yeah. Um, ads in there. Um, I think it's like for the first like year or so you'd see those, and that was what I loved too. Is like you see Pitt coming soon to Image, right? So Pitt hadn't come out yet. So you're like, what is this? And that the, Keon, baby. at, at yeah. this time I was buying Crazy. every single Image comic, like every one that came out, because I was just like, this is, you know, so extreme. This is so '90s, which at the oh, time yeah. was was so cool. Right? Like, <laughs> but saying that at the time, that yeah. man, that was an awesome thing. And I was just like, every book I would pick up from there. So, so this is why this one is a key a key issue for me because mm. it was my introduction to the Image Comics during that time. And and yeah, I just was I was hooked, man. I was, it was just perfect for you know, thirteen, fourteen year old kids. You know, they're yeah, looking for dude. like, they love comics because they grew up with them, but they needed something a little bit more. And and I wasn't ready for something like uh, V for Vendetta or Watchmen or something like that at the time, right? Because it takes thinking. Like There's not a lot of thinking yeah. involved with this because it's just like in your face, right? Yeah. There's no like, <laughs> not a lot of these stories had like deep subtext. No. I mean, Spawn did get into some of that and I think it might have been a key to me issue in a key back issue where I talked about another one where uh, they did this allegory and I, uh, was it 
Frank Miller that wrote that or Alan Moore? Or, I can't remember. Frank, but Frank wrote one. I yeah, remember. Alan Moore wrote one too. Um, oh, but okay. I can't remember which one it was. But there was this whole story about how um, they went to like this different level of hell and you saw different superheroes, um, different superheroes' arms sticking out of the jail cell. So oh, you yeah, can see like yeah. Batman's arm, or you can see like Spider-Man's arm. Yeah, as they're walking along the the cell, yeah, yeah, right. like uh-huh. on the left hand. Yeah, and they were that. in hell, and then you walked by creators, and these creators had bags over their heads, and they had their hands tied behind their back, and uh-huh. so so there was a little bit of subtext. It wasn't like it still was kind of in your face, but it was cool at the time because you know that's about all the subtext I could have handled, at, at, you know, at that age. So it was cool to see. Oh man, this is what he's talking about, and in the back. They would rail against like Marvel and DC and yeah. stuff, and I'm like, wait, these are, we love Marvel and DC, don't we? And I'm like, nope, I guess we don't now. Yeah. So then I said, me up, Marvel and DC sucks. So I was on the bandwagon there, um, with that. Those were exciting times. I remember them well. Yeah, dude, it really was for for comics. It was like a super kick in the pants for comics. Oh yeah. Um, that had been so like mundane for so long, but uh, yeah, Spawn number five by Todd McFarlane. Spencer, thanks so much for your key to me. Uh, we look forward to our uh, next episode or next segment of that took a big uh, pull. next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we will look forward to that. Yeah, but right now we have something bigger and better to look forward to. This this um, series we're about to re- recover, <laughs> not recover. Talk about we're gonna recover we're from gonna recover. <laughs> we're gonna um, this. <laughs> Do we want to it's even a, start over? <laughs> no, that's okay. okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's good. Go for it. It's um, it's a big, thick piece of print. I'll say right. It's a big, thick, uh, piece of awesomeness. It's a lot. It is in every way, shape, and form. Yes, it's so it's good. Okay, so, it's what is it? Do we say yet already? Nope. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Dot com. Dot com. Um. By DC so, Comics. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Can somebody tell me? Uh, okay, first of all, I have to do a disclaimer here. I think I'm going to be wrong on a lot of stuff on this tonight. <laughs> like, I just don't know how you can know that much about every single character. So I'm going to say some things probably tonight. Oh, look, this and this thing happened to this character because that's what I see in the story. Uh-huh. But it very well could be in the tie-in that they they explain it a different way than what sure. is portrayed here. Mm-hmm. So sure. if I say something stupid or and also we've specifically studied this for tonight and I've read lots of stuff. I read um you know Infinity Crisis and stuff. Uh, is that what the next one was called? Infinity Well there's a What was the one that Jeff Jones wrote? Yeah, it, that was like the third one, wasn't it? Um well, it was like there was two there was also Identity Crisis and stuff, but Yeah, like, but no. There was a one that was a direct response to this one. Uh, where they brought this one they brought took care away all the worlds infinite uh, crisis infinite crisis yeah yes, that is what yeah. it is yeah thank you yep. so like I read infinite crisis but I don't know exactly what happened because uh, I haven't gone back and studied it so I, I may say well what happened with this character and uh, if I don't know it's because dude there's a lot to read man there's okay. so much so that's my disclaimer. And then there was Final Crisis which was garbage and we listened to that on the way to yes we did Seattle in our car, we, you listened to, to Final Crisis. CC. Yep. Yeah, it was a um, like an audio thing of yeah, it. Yeah, it was an oh, audio. Yeah. It was so bad. Who was the main villain? Dark side. No, besides that. Um, oh shit! 
The one that talked like oh, this. Oh, I can't. I can't in the, in the audio thing. It was so fucking so annoying. bad. Dude, you guys are probably oh, talking about yeah. that. Uh, what's that? It's terrible. Audio. Yeah, they do a lot of comics, actually. Yeah. Um, graphic uh, audio is what. I, I think so. I actually really like graphic audio, like, um, uh, except for that one time that they told Comcast that I was downloading their stuff illegally, <laughs> and I got a letter in the mail. That wasn't cool. Are you but, serious? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whoa, dude. <laughs> that happens all the time, uh, like with people who download stuff illegally. I've heard. Luckily, they got me <laughs> on the one chance, the one time wow. I ever downloaded something illegally, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, there's a it's thing. like winning the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> I, exactly. I just kids, just Google VPN and you'll be fine. Okay. Uh, anyway, so but I like their stuff because I read, I've listened to a bunch of them, and some of them are overly, overly dramatic and weird. But it's like when you don't have time to sit down and read a comic because you're like remodeling a room or building a shed or something. <laughs> they're nice to have. Um, but yeah, so crisis. I'm curious where the term crisis first popped up. Is this? Is this it? Because that's something that DC held on to, right? Yes. For a long time. This was the first one, and I remember reading something that, like, from then on, that was, like, their keyword for their huge events. Right. It was a crisis. So, so Marvel had Secret is theirs. Right? Correct. Correct. Um, but uh, what book was it that I was telling you guys about that I read? Where they... Oh, what was it? The There's, Secret of Nim? No, Secret there was some crisis? book where they um, went into the, some future... Oh, what is it? And then there was some war called uh, Secret Crisis. Oh, that's awesome. I want to say it was a Tom King thing. Um, yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, it was funny because they did they used the term Secret Crisis in there. So if they ever do get back together, I want to see yeah, a Secret, Secret crisis. crisis. That would be so cool, right? That would be cool. Um, oh, you know, you know, I think it was when they were going to do the, the X-Men Teen Titans crossover. What? And they did do that, though. That exists. Well, it, to an extent, it exists. There's to the extent de- that, like, you can hold it in your hand and read it. Well, no, because remember, <laughs> no, I remember Rob talking about how, like, the Marvel DC team up stuff, and because no, it, but that actually came out though. Yeah, it for sure came out. Yeah, X Men Teen Titans. Yeah, yes, yeah, so you the, can buy it, dude. I think that they were maybe going to do. They were going to do a JLA Avengers that never came out, and then ten years later they eventually made it right because our boy Perez. Yeah, he's our boy. Well, tonight he's our boy because he uh, he did the artwork in this, and uh, it was written by Marv Wolfman. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so can I tell you something real quick? Let's hear it, guys. Yep. From 1963 to 1985. This was published in 85, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yes. Right. So from 63 to 85, the term crisis was used to describe the annual events where the Justice League of America and the Justice Society work together. Ooh, hey, I darn. like it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. okay. So crisis has been a part of it forever. Uh, okay. But it's basically just been crisis between those two worlds, right? Earth 1 right. and Earth 2. I see. And now, and actually there's a there's an animated movie called Crisis on two earths or something like that which is yeah. about that but yeah so that's what it was from but now that's why it's called crisis on infinite, infinite earths. Earths. yeah because uh, uh yeah um all right so i'm gonna i know i'm talking a lot and then i'll let you guys talk but i actually really really like the logo for for this book it's so iconic and whenever you see it i could see this logo from a million miles away and know exactly what it is right so 
they, there's different versions of the logo, but the one that's used on the cover of all the original issues have the Earths inside of the letters Crisis. Yeah. And I just, dude, I don't know why they don't make a T-shirt of just that logo. I would, <laughs> I 100% wear that, right? I totally would. If From- DC, don't make me make my own, okay? Because <laughs> um, it looks so cool. There's another one in, I think it's in the first issue. Maybe in maybe it's in the collected edition, but it has like Harbinger's uh, Harbinger's face in front of the logo, and like I think she's oh. standing up on the side, and it, I would get that one too because that one was a really cool looking uh, logo. But this was done at the uh, for a bunch of reasons, um, but it was done at the 50th anniversary of DC Comics, which is crazy, right? Like DC Comics was only 50 years old when this came out, <laughs> and now it's been like 50 years, right? Yeah, pretty much <laughs> since this. Um, not quite, but but yeah. So on the on the um, the the title on the front of the covers you'll see like the dressing of the title says you know 50 it has a dc logo but then it has a 50 on it um for the 50 years um i wish i could find that harbinger one but anyway yeah so why else was it made kelly well <clears throat> marv wolfman's a very like uh how would you say it he's he's like very he thinks that um Continuity is very important. Some would say continuity is key. There, right? oh, yeah, continuity yeah. is key. Yep. yep. So he um, basically pitched the idea because of all these different storylines that exist from Golden Silver Age. Um, that like you know, there's one issue where like something happens and Superman has a certain power, but then you never see it again. And and they would explain it as like, oh, that's just an alternate universe, right? So Marv Wolfman was like, nope, we're going to get rid of this. We're going to make it all one big um, world. And so basically the synopsis is, is all of these universes that, co- that exist. Um, what's cool too is as you read through the book, um, it goes through – you see – uh, characters from different timelines interacting with each other. So like Jonah Hex is meeting like, you know, JLA 1000, for instance. Um, so it's like future with the past, you know, we're like, um, there it is. Yeah. Oh, there, yeah. So yep. it's in the back of the uh, third issue. There's uh, this uh, harbinger in front of crisis. And mm. I would do it. I would totally rock that as a t-shirt. Yeah. Dude. That'd be cool too. Yeah. So especially like there. in the bubblegum pink. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's cool. No. Um, so, yeah. so you were saying so basically, um, as uh, here's my here's one of my beefs with this. I I maybe readers were complaining about the multiple errors, but so Marv Wolfen in the beginning of the first issue and probably the trade as well talks about a little bit about why he did it right. Yeah. And he basically alludes to the fact that it was hard to write and edit that. So I feel like it was more, (laughs) they did it for their own sake to write and edit it because you don't need to figure out like what world this is happening on, you know, who's this happening with, did this actually happen with, Right, right, exactly. And so I feel like he did this, blaming it on us. I, Everybody was fine with it, as far as I know. In fact, DC went and reversed all this later with Infinite yes, they Crisis sure did. because the stories are cool and it doesn't matter. People realize. I do know that. But then they tried it again with the new Fifty Two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. Flashpoint. Yeah. That, like. Yeah. So, uh, I just don't know that. Uh, I mean, I do. I know there are readers that are like 
because you see in the mail, right? Like in the fan mail at the back of the issues, like somebody will be like, um, well, technically this couldn't have happened because uh, <laughs> Superman was over here at right. this time. And so it could be that Marv Wolfman was just so sick of having to answer. Oh, because he says that in the intro. I don't know if you guys read it, but he says in there, what created this was a response to a letter that was written to him oh, that he had yeah. to answer. It was a Green Lantern issue. And somebody had said, uh, oh, here it is. Um, wait, listen. No, maybe not. Uh, it's right here. That one, that paragraph. Oh, okay. So it says, the reason began four years ago uh, with a letter I printed in Green Lantern 143 asking, or from uh, Gary Thompson asking about an apparent mix of, dude, if I was Gary Thompson, I would feel so cool, dude. I'm like, dude, yeah, you know, like you know Crisis? Here. That's yeah. mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he says, uh, that Gary Thompson was asking about an apparent mix-up in DC continuity. At the end of my explanation, I said, one day we, meaning DC, DC editorial, will probably straighten out what's in the DC universe and what is outside. Basically, he didn't have an answer for this question, and and that spawned the whole thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, so, I mean, but for most of us, for me, I don't care. And DC, DC that's one thing that they're really good at now. Um I don't like a lot of what DC does now, but like, you know, they came out with that Joker movie, right? That doesn't mm-hmm. need to have anything to do with the Harley Quinn stuff that's going on, the Suicide Squad. It doesn't need to have anything to right. do with what's going on in the Justice League. They can just tell a story, and that's the story, right? Like, right, exactly. I, yep. I, and that's what, you know, they started doing Elseworlds for that same reason. And yeah, I, I mean... Elseworlds are some of their biggest hits, too. Right. Right, because it's like, it's just like... Imagine this character, you know, like Blood Rain, for instance, right? Like Batman's a vampire, like you yeah. know. And so, I mean, think about how cool that is. But then you don't have to worry about anything that's going on in in the current continuity. Sure. Well, and like you say, you take a, like the Teen Titans Go, the cartoon, right? Mm-hmm. Is that they can do that, and they can do the R-rated Titans TV show, and it doesn't matter, right? Like it's one doesn't have an effect on the other. So I, I like to where they've gotten this way to where it's like you just tell stories. It's not like uh, in Disney, when the, you were seeing the Mickey Mouse and Goofy cartoons, like you didn't need to know that Mickey was uh, hunting ghosts in the last <laughs> issue. Exactly right. Yeah, know, yeah. And he's just going fishing. This issue, right. you're like, how is that impacting him? What is this? Why he's fishing? Because he's trying to deal with the trauma of all these ghosts <laughs> that he saw in the last uh, short. So, like, I do like that they've gotten to that, but that's definitely not where they were going with Crisis. They wanted everything to count, right? Right. Correct. Yeah, they just wanted to. Well, he even said, at least in this collected edition that Kelly let me borrow, he, he says that, yeah, it was like, it was a lot of that, but also just simplifying it for new readers that they could now appeal to new readers who didn't have to know, well, which earth is this and, right. what, uh, and all this bullshit from, from then on, which I am 100% on board with. Cause like me, me, I remember me and Kelly talked about this a couple of years ago. Like Kelly was super angry that people were going crazy over the Marvel movies, but not reading them books. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, if I wasn't a comic fan already, there's no, no way on God's earth I would read comics. If I could just watch these movies, have the simple story. Mm-hmm. Here's your reality. This is it. Enjoy it for two hours. And I don't have to know 70 years worth of, of, of backlog. Bullshit. Right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I completely understand that. So like, I kind of like, that's, that's my favorite thing about this. And my least favorite thing about this is because they're trying to simplify things. They're just jettisoning all this, all this stuff 
that's my favorite thing about it. My least favorite thing is that every single thing they did is, has been undone, of course, because it's, it's comics, you know? Right. right. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, too, is that I think they're also realizing that you don't, you can have it both ways, right? Like, you can have it where, like, the, the Batman White Knight series is happening right now. Right. That doesn't take place in continuity, but it very well could. It's not... You, the thing is, you just need to understand that's not the main Batman title. So anything that's not the main Batman title, I'll take with a grain of salt. You, like, if you like it, you like it. If you and, don't, and the thing is, is people can jump on. Right. Like you, you pick up White, right. Batman White Knight. You know that there's a Batman and that there's a Joker, and that's all you really need to know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so and now that does take place on another dimension, but you need you don't need to know about any past stuff. Right. But so I think that they were trying to solve a problem, and and I think he did a pretty good job of solving a problem. But and I'll talk about this later. But one of my biggest beefs with this is. Sometimes the storyline, when storyline is dictated by solving a problem, sometimes it feels too much like, okay, let's check this box off. Let's check this mm. box off. Yeah. There's times where they're the characters are saying something, and what they're literally saying, their words they're saying, sounds like a DC board meeting saying like, okay, so who's dead? Who's dead? Okay, so this one's dead. This one's dead. This one's yeah. There's uh, from another Earth, but characters. he's here now on yeah. And sometimes the 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 characters will say that it's like, okay, no. So it turns out this person's dead. Uh, this person is actually from the other Earth, and we don't know what happened to the original one right. on this Earth. Yeah. So it's like. Okay, we get it's like a lot of exposition, and so, but that's what's going to happen when you're creating a storyline based off of like a business or an editorial need, right? Like instead of the other way around, starting with the story and then take okay. having editorial take it over, right? So, and not many things. I mean, in this, like Ryan was saying, you know, like a lot of it got undone, but there's a few things that did stay permanent. Um, well, the Barry Allen lasted for a long time. Yeah, Barry Allen Barry was gone for a long yeah. time. Spoiler alert. And the only person that, <laughs> that knew, that could remember all of the history was Donna Troy. For a long time, Donna Troy was the only character that actually remembered what had happened to hmm. all the Earths. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. Huh. I didn't know that. Did, when did they talk about that? That is uh, in, uh, I don't know if it's just, if it's Jeff Johns' Justice League or the guy that did just, or not just Justice League, uh, Teen Titans. Okay. Or the guy before Jeff Johns. So yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like that's the kind of stuff that I don't know that happened that may have happened later. Do you remember they had that? There was a Who Is Donna Troy series that came out early in the 2000s. I don't know if maybe they dealt with it there. Uh, it was like a whole Donna Troy series. Uh, it was when she was wearing like a black costume. Yeah, it's the black with the white uh, yeah. stars on yeah. it. Or, yeah, that's that's when it's okay, mentioned. So they dealt with yeah. that too. So basically, uh, what Marv did, and they didn't hide it, they told you right up front on the first page, okay, what we're going to do is we've got all these old, uh, separate Earths. Uh, the first time, uh, Kelly, when was the first time we saw both Earths? Earth 1 and Earth 2. Was a Flash number... You can tell me the story title if you don't know the number. Oh, The Flash of Two Earths? Flash of Two Earths. Flash of Two Worlds. Are you saying worlds? Worlds. worlds? <laughs> well, I can't remember. It's I believe yeah. it's called The Flash of Two Worlds. Yeah. Uh, or two Earths, one of those two. Yeah, it's two one worlds. Of those, yeah, two worlds. Yep. Uh, Flash one twenty three. I can't believe you didn't there, know that. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> I should have known that. <laughs> so I uh, I subscribed to the DC app, so I was able. To, I actually read the. I read that issue. Oh, you did? Um, yeah, and uh, just digitally, and uh -huh. dude, it's so fun. It's it like is fun. freaking awesome. Yeah. Like, and that had never happened before. I can't even imagine like just my mind being blown. Seeing the Silver Age Flash meet up with the Golden Age Flash, like that's so cool to me. And then realizing, you know, that oh, all these stories happened are different heroes 
than than what the Silver Age ones. So the Earth Two is all the Golden Age um, heroes, um, and then Earth One is the new heroes. And they say that they read stories. They had comic books of, of the Earth, Earth Two One. stuff. Yeah, right? Earth so, two. Yeah. yeah. So like, because when Barry first meets uh, Jay, Barry knows, knows about him, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I read about you growing up," and uh, so I think that's interesting. And also, just recently in the they did that in the Flash TV series. Did you guys see that clip? Uh, you can see it on YouTube. But in the Flash TV series, the um, the WB one or whatever it is, the um, the Flash from the Justice League goes and meets him. He goes and so the Justice League movie Flash meets the TV Flash together, oh, okay. and basically they're doing this Flash of Two Worlds thing. And what's cool is I know they've had the old Flash from the '90s TV show. Yeah, they did have too. Yeah, yeah. But what was interesting is they gave uh, in this TV series. Basically, he's like, "Wait, so you're the Flash too?" And the Flash from the Justice League didn't have a name for himself yet at the time. Mm. He's like, "Flash? What do you mean, Flash?" And so like that's actually where he gets his name, Flash. Is from this, which to me is really cool because Flash, the Silver Age Flash, got his name from the Golden Age Flash as he was reading the comics, right? Uh, okay. So that's, that's what he, inspired him. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. decided to name himself. So they did keep kind of some of that. I mean, it's not the same characters, but they did keep some of that. So, but yeah, so that's the first time when you realize, okay, there's all this stuff happening over here, and that must have may, may or opened up so many story possibilities. And then I just like they opened it up too far. That they, Pandora's box was open, and they, it took a twelve issue nineteen eighty five maxi series to try to close, <laughs> close right. that box. So, um, I don't know. Where do you want to go from here, Kelly? You're the leader. Um, so I guess we could start with like the opening part of it. Um, I mean, I don't want to go into each issue in de- to de- too much detail and. Put no. people to sleep, but well, yeah, especially since you haven't read it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. I could, yeah, I could tell you what happens. Okay, go. Not exactly. I, I, I will sum up the first six issues for you. Okay. The heroes are brought up to the ship. They're mm-hmm. sent to different worlds Wait, to, to defend uh, the monitors' towers. Mm-hmm. The end. That's six fucking <laughs> issues. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's so exactly what yes. you're saying there, Ryan, is so good because I felt the same way. The first uh, six issues are the most boring things. It's, it's all so painful. Yes, it's so much buildup, which could have done been done in one issue, and then it gets good from six on. It actually gets the good. last six issues. Issue seven. Issue seven is one of my favorite issues, actually, because that's like where everything gets explained. Because the whole time we don't know why did Harbinger turn bad. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Like why all the stuff kills- that didn't make sense. Like the stupid um, Pariah, yeah, who's the most pussy character I in all of him so much. I know I hate him so I bad. Hate him. Stuck to him. watch the Earth, but, but blow like up. we didn't know why he was even part of this until about issue seven. Like right. that's when they tell us. And so like right. there's so many unanswered questions, and then I'm like. Reading this again, I'm like, I remember liking this as a kid. What was I thinking? And the odd thing is, is this is back in the day when it was very compressed storytelling. Yeah, right. Like, this seems like a modern day yeah, yeah, uh, story special event because it's so drawn out. And, like, right. it, it just, I, I can't believe that, like, this wasn't done in six issues what well, especially back in in in, the, in this time period right 85 also i think part of that was trying to get in every character right absolutely yes yeah. yeah. so i was gonna can't say do that yeah. in six issues um but right. um but yeah it was so um decompressed and uh and i don't know if there had been a 
many stories told like this at the time, right? Like you would have story arcs that were like two or three issues, five maybe at most, but this is 12, like 12 issues. Right. Is crazy. Yeah. So Pariah, he's just such a whiny bitch. He's yeah, yeah. crying all the time, dude. <laughs> uh, and I hated, I hated him back then. I remember yeah. when I read it back in oh, the yeah, 80s, he's I, annoying. Could, I yeah. couldn't stand him because he's just crying. The other thing I don't understand is what is it with comics where like people have to watch stuff like they have to overwatch like the watcher in Marvel yeah, like yeah. and him like why do you need to witness it? like why is that a thing I think it, somebody has it, to they watch said it was his punishment stuff. that he had to take on yeah so yeah you, so that's they why do, he's they watching do get into this later yeah because right. the monitor uh, made it his punishment um, and then also he was able to actually help um, defeat anti monitor um, later but like. But you see that so many times, like Watcher. Like, what's the point? Like, of just coming down and yeah, watching like, watch something happen. Yeah. Why do they have to have observers in comics? Yeah, is it representing us? I guess. We're I guess so. Observing them. I always think though, like us being represented in comics is more like cr- the creators. Like, even though I don't create comics, I feel hey, like don't sell yourself short, dude. You've done. You did it's, okay. You're trying to. We got okay. a dude. We got an award-winning comic book creator here. That's true. What? A future. I mean, eventually they'll look back on it as a really like, good comic yeah. and give an award, a posthumous yeah. award. Once we t- once I get a TV deal, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should shop that around, dude. I should, huh? Yeah. Dude, that Quibi, dude, they could use a good little quick story. Yeah. That's a good idea, uh, dude. Yeah. Dude, 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 you should shop yeah. story around to him. I will. Send them the whole... Uh, you got to get Stephen Howard. You got to give him some of the money. I dude. will. Oh, yeah. Steve, okay. It was co-created. Yeah. It should right. be like, I mean, he did most of the work, so it should be like an 80-20 cut. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> um, dude, I actually, I forgot how much I love that story. I think you can still probably pick up that comic if you go to IndiePlanet.com and search for 8 a.m. Yeah. I think you can buy it still, I yeah, think. Hey, you know yeah. what? I have a story. And Spence, you what? got some stories. I in do. Yeah. Our work in there, too. Yeah. Oh my true, gosh. yeah. We are, you guys Holy are so. Your earbuds are being filled with comic <laughs> legends. <laughs> wow, <laughs> award winning. Well, not yet, but soon. Uh, we did. We did. It wasn't us, but there were some um, pretty famous people that helped us out with that. So. Well, in fact, uh, Dave uh, Stewart. <laughs> Did the co- did the oh, yeah. co- Thank you. Yeah, he the coloring. Brian so he did actually, the cover. yes. Um, Dave Stewart just like posts on Instagram that he won another award, and I'm like, I think I, did I tell you guys this story already? I wrote to him. I'm like, dude, when don't you win awards? And he's mm-hmm. like, thanks, you're a good guy or something like that. And I was like, that's. I mean, a weird he way does to like that is the thing is like I think he's best colorist at least every, like three out of every four years. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he colored our comic. That's crazy, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And we had a guy who works in Hollywood now that worked for WWE for a little while yeah. and uh, worked with the Fast and Furious director who wrote one of our stories. Correct, yeah. So, dude, I mean, we kind of made these guys. We made Dave Stewart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We made his career <laughs> well before. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to it. So, okay. Um, so anyway, prior watching um, the worlds explode and um, just being a whiny crybaby the whole freaking time. <laughs> Harbinger, I don't know why she like the whole thing is like for she me, irritated me too. Yeah, I I don't and and this the other thing I don't get too is they they recruit some heroes and I'm like why is this guy on the team? Like it makes <laughs> me so upset. When I yeah. read some of the characters yeah. that they recruited, I'm like, this guy's use- useless. Well, and especially since like later, like some guy walks in and basically like does something really huge. You're like, where were you this whole time? Dude? Exactly. Like, yeah. Why didn't they start with you? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so 
really quick, there's going to be spoilers here. I, I mean, we already told you Barry Allen died, but that wasn't my fault. That was Ryan. Yeah. Um, but you you should have read this by now. <laughs> yeah. <Listeners>. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, this so was my first time reading this. There was um, there was these characters that were created. So so Preya, I, I, I don't know if he was created for this. Harbinger was. Yep. Uh, I don't know about Psycho Pirate. Um, Psycho Pirate, was, I think, was around before. Was he? Yeah. yeah I think so, yeah. Um, but they were three of the main characters under... Monitor and Anti-Monitor, yeah. Yeah, so. under well, the Monitor and Anti-Monitor. And this, yeah. this, at least the reason why they explain why the Lex Luthor that works with Monitor is a crybaby is because he like matured way too fast. Yeah, and so like at least they explain why he's like a crybaby. I actually I like, like I actually like that Lex Luthor. Actually, Alex yeah. Luthor. Yeah, because it's I just like the parallels. And he, he stuck yeah. around too, right? He was in other he, stuff. I think right? I saw. Yeah, he was around after this. Yeah, I think so. At the end, he changed. Right. So at the end of this book, he changed. Like he becomes like the embodiment of matter and antimatter yeah. together, and he saves Lois Lane at the the old Lois Lane at the yeah, end. The old super She's just like. In Golden his, Age in, Lois Lane. in his intestines, like swimming around, and it, that's like the big reveal at the end. Yeah, She's like, super she comes out as urethra. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, yeah. So speaking of Harbinger, I actually her costume design I think is awesome, dude. Oh, yeah. Like it looks like so eighties like jogger like workout <laughs> like like a eighties chick workout like uh, outfit, and I think she's cool. And at first, when it first happened, the storytelling was a little bit weird because it first happened and she's like, oh, all of a sudden I'm bad. I'm just like a normal person. I'm walking around. All of a sudden, oh, I got to kill, must kill. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and they didn't, that was another thing that didn't explain until like way later into yeah. the series. Um, I mean, you knew that it was the monitor that was controlling her, but you didn't know why. You didn't know anything about it. I mean, she all of a sudden gets a costume when it happens. And then when she, when it's gone, the costume's gone. Yeah. I don't know what happens to it. I didn't see any nakedness. Um, but she, uh, so basically, she's being used by the monitor and the anti-monitor. Um, these guys were real quick. The that's the other thing I didn't remember from before. They don't explain this until way later. That they were both born at the same time on the moons of Quard, right? Uh, yeah. And there was a, and the, they came out at the same time. There was like an antimatter moon, and there was a matter moon, yeah. and they both came out of the moon at the same time. So they were. Pure opposites. Monitor is a good guy. Anti-monitor is a bad guy. He's a, and it's uh, matter versus antimatter. And the one person between them is the Alex Luther that we talked about because he, when he traveled through space and time, he, somehow he absorbed that. I, I don't know if they something went into like that. But it was, a lot of well, it was weird because he was, but he was a baby at the, like, and then mature. Like I thought, the monitor had created the Alex Luther that we that we. See, he's like a. He raised him. He didn't create him. Well, yeah, because so in this universe there was a Krypton type planet, but it was Lois Lane and Lex Luthor were married on this existence. Okay, they had this child, and then um, they s- shot him off into space, a like Superman. Superman. And uh, so, but yeah, I can't remember what if he was in the which universe he was in i thought he was from the universe where the like the anti-universe oh no he wouldn't because they already had their own lex Luthor, the one like the earth where like there was the the crime syndicate well crime syndicate gets blown up in the second and third page which is like crazy to me too why is that crazy nobody was reading crime syndicate (laughs) well no they're they're all over the place now 
Yeah. Well, at the time they weren't, dude. The yeah. Easy kills. Because it dude. got undone. Yeah. Easy kills, man. You want to go with an easy kill? To and begin there with. were some other universes I didn't recognize. Um, like for instance, the very first one that gets blown up. Well, there are infinite Earths, dude. So I guess that's true. <laughs> that that actually brings up a good thing. So, like, and in fact, they go between this. It's called Crisis on Infinite Earths, but really, it's infinite universes, right? So, like, yeah, because they say this planet, Earth, and all the associated planets with it are in this universe or whatever, like, are saved. But like, that makes me wonder: is there not a Martian Manhunter on any other Marses? Like, has there ever been a story told with like an oh, Earth two Martian point. Manhunter? Yeah, I don't know. Because he would have been. We'll get to that later. Dude, I've got a note for that. Don't oh, you worry. <laughs> I've got a note for that panel. Yeah. Yeah, heck yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, what's the deal with that? Why is there no other Marshman Hunters if it's uh, the whole universe? Well, there is a Golden Age Marshman Hunter. And I, we didn't see any other Batman in this either. Yeah, that was another question I had because we did see Robin and we did see another mm-hmm. Huntress. And yeah. so, why was there no other Batmans? Maybe it was in the rights that they could only use a certain one. That's one of the most surprising things to me. Is that if if this was in the last twenty or thirty years, Batman would have been the central character. He would have solved it, and he was would have been the one that killed the right. anti monitor. The fact that he is barely in this at all. Well, the fact that like the main characters are none of them. Like none of the established DC characters are the main characters. They're all side characters to uh, Psycho Pirate and uh, Monitor <laughs> Flash. and Harbinger. Flash, he's not. A, I wouldn't even consider him a main character. He's a catalyst, I guess. I guess like, that's true. Sure. Yeah, that's true. Which I love it because they carry that on. Like that's Flashpoint. That's that's uh, Infinite Crisis. Like Flash is doing all the same weird dimensional, yeah. like help me kind of shit. And all there, right. there is more. There is probably twice Blue as Devil. much Blue Devil as there is as <laughs> yeah. there is Batman. Yeah, which is unheard of. I I'm not complaining. I think you know. I think they go to the Batman well a little too much, I suppose, uh, these days. But uh, it was just very surprising right. to, to me. Yeah, that's true. And I am really curious about uh, an Earth 2 Batman. I mean, because Earth 2 Batman exists because he Huntress is his daughter. Right. And so... Well, he, he was dead uh, at this point because she went to Wayne Manor to visit his grave, but it wasn't there. So Earth 2 Batman, by the time Huntress became Huntress, was dead already? According to this. Oh, I guess I missed that. Okay, well then that would explain it, that he was already dead when this happened. Um, Because Earth 2 Huntress, that's one thing I... I I used to love Huntress when I was young. And one of the things that made me love Huntress is like, wait, this is Batman and Catwoman's daughter? Yeah. The Crisis fucked that up. Sorry, Kelly. Crisis fucked that up to where, nope, she's the daughter of some mobster somewhere like right like it's meaningless to me at that yeah. point yeah I like I hated that I used to love seeing that like you know she had this family cool ties to it but they yeah they changed it I'm like dude Batman and Catwoman have a daughter and her name is Huntress and that's the most badass thing I can possibly well, think of Catwoman's right. pregnant now so is, are, they, are they going to give birth to the new is she, Huntress spoiler alert is she yeah I know they didn't get married, so you saying it's out of wedlock. Thanks, Tom King. Wait, yeah, so is she's, it? She's knocked up, dude. So it's it's gonna be bastard man, because <laughs> I know they're not married. <laughs> Bring me the bastard. Um, yeah, they duped us all into buying that actually, comic. Batman has another bastard too. So yeah, what, yeah was he Damien does. Gonna, how's Damien <gasps> what if to Damien and Huntress have a baby? <laughs> Ew. Oh. 
Um, yeah, that'll be interesting because they do currently use Huntress, so that I don't know if they'll take over. I mean, whether they gonna be Huntress Part Two? I mean, Huntress also. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, her name. She shows up to the crime scene. I'm Huntress also. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, back to this real quick. Uh, what they do a really good job of is just showing tons and tons of DC characters, <sighs> yeah. right? Oh, like, yes. It's crazy. Everybody you can think of. I learned about so many DC characters through this. And uh, this is what made me become a DC fan. This I, I read this for some weird reason when I was like six years old, dude. Like, I don't know. I guess I would have been seven when it came out. Because my dad was buying them. And my dad was like, dude, check this out. All of the DC universe is working together. And I'm like, no way. So I can see <laughs> this person where, like, Jonah Hex talked to Superman. What? Mm. Like, it's crazy. So, like, that's what sold me. And then I didn't know who any of these characters were. And I'm, like, seeing Geoforce. Who the hell is that? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, but then I, like, wanted to find out. And they show a lot of the outsiders in here. So Black Lightning, yeah. I think this is where I first introduction to Black Lightning. And I ended up going and buying a bunch of Black Lightning comics. By the way, real quick, since it's on here and we're talking about the Outsiders. Is that Vigilante? Uh, Oh, that's Halo. Halo. I think her costume is so awesome, dude. It's just like this black costume with just like these like little like uh, blue, yellow, and red stripes. And she's so pretty. And I've always loved her. But I I don't know really much about her other than she was pretty and I saw her in this uh, comic. You know what I thought was weird that showed up in this too is, um, yeah, the Atom. Mm -hmm. The... uh, you know the the, the, the Adam, yeah. Well, no, not not Ray Paul. What's well, Ray Palmer? But you know when he's like a jungle man, sort of, oh, yeah. sort of. Yeah. yeah, he's in this yeah. series, yeah. which is yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Well, because it would have probably been about the same time, yeah, actually. For sure. So, yeah, so they, they put him in there. By the way, can we say Monitor his his character design looks so stupid? Uh, like, yes, he has this gigantic <laughs> brow. Yeah, like, it's crazy. He's got no eyebrows, just a gigantic brow. And he's got this like one, two, three, four, five, like a five hawk, and then three mohawks on the side. It's like they're like cornrows. Yeah, yes, you're right. He's got like cornrows, uh, but just in That's certain why places. The very last panel of issue twelve is just him, <laughs> like in. in Oh, dude, it's like so his, his smiling I want to compare that up, to the original the issues because that actually like looks more endearing than what I remember seeing, dude. So let me. Okay, so yeah, so there's, there's mine, dude. Yours actually looks way better than mine. I mean, newsprint makes it look more clunky, but like. Yours is. Was yours recolored for this? Yes, it was. Yeah, I think they I think redid. So. Yeah, it, yeah, looks, it looks good re-colored. though. Yeah, it looks good. Which is interesting because I started reading this on the DC app, the digital one, and it looked so shitty. Like, huh. I couldn't even like read some of the words on the DC app. Well, that's because, why I'm glad like, they did this like non-glossy um, because it has the same feel as the newsprint, but it's like a little bit updated. So the colors come through a little better, I think. So, yeah, it's Callie. great. If yeah. you had Starfire or Halo, and both of them were like, hey, Callie, we really, really are into you, who would you take? Dude, Starfire. Yeah, I, Starfire. Or really? Dolphin. Yeah. Dude, Dolphin. Okay, can you guys, do you guys oh, know about, about Dolphin? Right it, like, I'd never heard of Dolphin before yesterday when I, I know, read this. I know of her. I actually have her in a couple different issues. A couple different positions? Yep. Okay. Have you ever seen the cover of Dolphin Number One? I didn't know there was a Dolphin Number One. I didn't know there was a Dolphin. Dude, her character. booty is totally hanging out of those shorts. Oh, it's so cool because she's an underwater character, but she just dresses like she's like chilling outside, yeah, exactly, like yeah. in her dorm, like Daisy Dukes and a yeah. tank top pulled up thing. Oh, Callie, you're getting me all hot and bothered, dude. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, um, my other question for you guys, I don't know if it ever is explained. Is what happens in crisis, because I didn't read it. Why is... No. jeez. <laughs> oh, so what happens, Kelly? What do you mean what happens? I, I want to prove that you've read it. What happens? So anti-monitor, monitor fight. Uh, through the guy, through the people, because Monitor ends up getting killed. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, I was he gonna recruits, say I'm about to call. He recruits. Bullshit. So sorry, Monitor recruits gets killed halfway through it. So, right. so, uh, the, so, so okay, the so Monitor. That's like two of them, but that's that's the cover. That's like two. Of them. Look at that cover, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! So the Monitor. Right <laughs> okay, so tell us, Kelly. So the Monitor um, recruits a team of superheroes um, and the anti-monitor kidnaps uh, Psycho Pirate and the Flash um, I mean f- come on I, I kind of expected just like a quick how does it end just to prove that you oh watched- like well the characters that are left oh, end up receiving the legacy okay no you, you haven't read it okay alright it's not the characters who were left Okay, Wally West takes Barry Allen's. Okay, ring. again, you're saying one thing that happened at the end after <laughs> after Anti Monitor was already dead. How does Anti Monitor? Superboy die? is no longer around. He's he's gone too. <laughs> you're just saying things that happen. What do you want me to do? Superboy okay. goes with the old Golden uh, Age uh, Superman and Lois into. Holy crap! I can't buy Dolphin Number One. Time. It's like hundred and ninety-five dollars. What? So, uh, big Thank issue, Crisis, was issue number seven. So, so we said earlier, if you guys want to just skip. So, Ryan told you what happens. Uh, so we'll just, speaking of spoilers, look at that goddamn cover. I know. Monitor brings on, everybody guys. to the ship. And that's it. Okay? <laughs> that's the first six <laughs> issues. Okay? Issue number seven is where start, stuff starts to happen. So, this is their first real battle with the anti-monitor. You don't see even see the bad guy in this issue until yeah. issue four, maybe. Five maybe. Issue seven. Um, they're this is when they're going full scale battle. This is one of the most iconic covers yeah, in the history is. of comic books. But it's also re- just like if I was reading this at the time and I saw that issue come out, mm-hmm. I would have been super pissed. <laughs> that cover gives away everything that happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. If I was like reading this in real time and like that issue came out, I'd be it would have been furious. So, you, but what you're saying is, back in the '80s, the covers used to have something to do with the interiors. Where now they yeah. just get Scotty Young yeah. to do a young version of the yeah. cover yes. of the characters, yes. like ten months in advance. Yeah. So anyway, continue. Sorry. <laughs> so, you guys all know it. Superman is holding his cousin, Supergirl, Linda Danvers, and she's dead, as you can get, basically. Like, you don't get much more dead than that. She's all the way dead. Yeah. All the way dead. Not mostly dead. Right, It it appears so on the cover, yes. (laughs) So, um, and then what's just cool is you have all the heroes, like, behind. It's just such a cool cover. I mean, I feel like we haven't been talking about George Perez because it's just a given. Like, Like, we'll gush on other artists, but we haven't said a lot here. But it's just a given that this is one of the most beautiful books in the history. Like... He can draw the human figure better, yeah. more pretty than anybody. Yeah, dude. and he's just so good at it, and he loves it. And there's so many figures. He, you know, he's well known for drawing 
big groups of people. You don't want anybody but George Perez doing a doing a series like mm-hmm. this. Nobody today could match this. Like no, honestly, couldn't. like no, there's never going to be another George Perez. He did the JLA Avengers because he's George Perez. Who else is going to do JLA Avengers? And it'll never happen again. And if it does, it'll just be like two characters per panel. Right. <laughs> with no backgrounds. <laughs> I mean, you just, people don't do this. I can't even imagine the time that it took to do this. But uh, when I was young, reading this, and I would see all these characters, I didn't know uh, probably about Dr. Fate at the time, but I thought he had the coolest costume yeah. in the world. And so I'm like, I have to find out about this guy, right? Or like uh, Booster Gold, I found out from here. Dead Man, I found out from here. Um, by the way, I made a, my own comic book, which I still have, uh, where there was a Teen Titans type crew. Actually, I should say I stole the Teen Titans. They were in it. But I made a Kid Fate, uh, a Dr. Oh, sweet. Fate kid. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's he, had, like, he was cool. He had shorts and he had Jordans on and a backwards hat and he was so cool looking, dude. I'll, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll see it. it. Yeah. I'll sell it to you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, dude, we were talking about ads. Um, maybe off the mic. I can't remember. I um, think so. So look at this ad. Nathaniel Dusk, private investigator. I don't know about this, but Don McGregor wrote it, and Gene Colan drew it. I was going to say, that looks like Gene Colan. Yeah, and dude, it looks amazing. Gene Colan is the best. I don't know anything yeah, about awesome. Nathaniel so Dusk. Good. Like, how do, like, it's crazy. I didn't. How did this get lost to history? Daniel but does private investigation. I want to check it's it out. one of the most iconic he's, covers he's back. ever. Yeah, exactly. Which means he's, he's been there So, yeah, before. down there it says Nathaniel does two. Yeah, so, like, there was Don't one and then a second. Interesting. But it looks so, like, a hard-boiled detective. Like, I love it. I got to check it out. And so that's why, yeah, single issues is better than tr- collections. <sighs> You're right. <laughs> single issues. Kelly has most of the single thing. issues, too. So, yeah, right. Um, but so issue seven, I feel is like where stuff really turns. Yes. It's the first major death. They kill off some characters that nobody cares about before now. Uh, like there's a new Dr. Light that happens before now, right? Yes. Yes. Uh The current one. I'm assuming she still is Dr. Light. She was in, she was in, um, I think forever evil or something like that. It was like it was a pretty like it was only a few years ago. The, it the out final and she was crisis still... bullshit. That was a he's a dude, Doctor Light. I remember. Oh really? Him. Yeah. Do they have them simultaneously? Do you think? Like maybe they well, bring the the dude, the, the dude Doctor Light is her father. Okay. Oh. Oh. Oh, he really is. I didn't know that either. Yeah, he's her father. Because hmm. he, I think he was a Japanese scientist, and she. Hmm. See, there's Wildcat's daughter. So. um Ryan wants to just do reviews on the ads. Okay. No, but look, it says GIF and or GIF. <laughs> that's that's before the... Uh... It's Fig Newton, dude. It's I like know, a game. Look, I know it's a game, but look, they predicted that word in 85. <laughs> this is futuristic, What's man. the word below papel? Do you guys remember the Fig Newton commercials? No. I thought I told you, no eating cookies in bed. <laughs> he's like, it's not that? the cookie. It's not the cookie, mother. It's, it's a, a big, big Newton. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What's interesting is this girl, Wildcat, again, I don't remember her, um, but I don't no. read every DC comic, but she looks a lot like the one in the Star Girl series, dude, like that's happening. Yeah, very similar. Like, because yeah. like, Star Girl has a girl, Wildcat, and so they, they really? had to have taken it from her. Is she a Spanish lady? Uh, she's is like it a, this lady? She's like blackish. 
She's like that show Blackish. <laughs> yeah. Like she's black, but maybe she has a little bit of Hispanic. Well, in like in the okay. TV show, she's Hispanic. But no, she's black. Is she? Is she Hispanic in the TV show? Yeah, because her whole family it's is Hispanic. Probably, it's probably this lady then. In the in the show, she like Okay. Okay, I'm racist. Dude, can we edit lady. this out? Yeah, we can. Okay. Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mark this time. Her abuela, so her grandma. Know. Abuela we'll, we'll be like gets John. pissed we'll, at her <laughs> for showing off her boobies to some dude. Um no, dude, she's hundred percent black. She's she's Hispanic. But her parents are black. No, they're not, they're Hispanic. <laughs> okay. I need to go back and watch that show. Not that race matters. I love all races. Especially the okay, black we should all this out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dude. <laughs> oh, real quick, since I'm thinking about it and since we've got no like direction to this podcast. Uh they've had different inkers all over this thing. I don't know if you guys knew this. No, I did not know that. Um, no. Mm. So no, I didn't notice that uh, Dick Giordano started consistent. out inking it. What's interesting is Dick Giordano uh, was also an editor at DC, but he started out inking this. And Dick Giordano worked at Charlton Comics, and DC bought the Charlton characters, like Blue Beetle, Question, whatever. And they're in here. And so like uh, he's inking characters that he basically created at another company mm. uh, while editing at DC and inking here, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, Joe Orlando, no, uh, Jerry Ordway inks in this. Um, I wrote down the others. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, so Dick Giordano, Jerry Ordway, and George Perez, Ordway. Dude. Oh, and Mike DiCarlo. Uh, those three oh, guys okay. in- ink on here. Um, and oh, dude, look at that, dude. Did you see that picture? Yeah, that's oh, that's the exact yeah. one I was talking about. Yeah, yeah there, there's an enemy ace panel yeah. where he's fighting a, a pterodactyl because the timeline has gone crazy, and and it is 100% Joe Cuban. Yeah, if they didn't like clip it out, like he and then, totally and then look copied at this it. freaking Shazam. I think it's that one or maybe the next page that it it looks 100. Actually, maybe it's before I guess this. Actually, it, it looks 100 um, like it was drawn by the. I know which one you're talking about. CC no, Beck. it's two. It's two pages before. It's right okay. there. Oh yeah, like that's okay. what you're talking yes, about. Thank you. Yeah, but dude, that when I saw that, I'm like, holy cow! I know that that's Joe Kubert. Like, right? Like either they copied and pasted it, or George Perez is an amazing impressionist. And dude. Sergeant Rock is is in this um, quite a bit. A help like twenty times more than Batman is. But um, and 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 they all those panels look very not quite as Kubert esque as that but, panel does. But yeah. uh, he's definitely. I think it's just Perez, man. Just. I mean, maybe. I mean, Beck can draw anything, dude. He's yeah. So good. It's crazy. But when I, yeah, it's cool because like when I was a kid reading this, I would have read right past that panel. Like I wouldn't have even stopped yeah. to check. Like, but now when I was reading, it, I'm like, whoa, dude. Like those are Kubert lines, hundred percent. It's so crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Um. Oh. Uh. Real quick, I, I haven't been looking at my notes this whole time. Uh, in issue three, there's a Ben Oda tribute. Do you guys remember the name Ben Oda? He's oh, yeah. He's the uh, uh-huh. letterer. Right. Uh, that would sneak into people's houses in the yeah. yeah. So he really? died during this time. Oh. So uh, his uh, in issue three, there's this big, long Ben Oda tribute about him. Oh, like, okay. He was well, like one of the most like unsung heroes of lettering. Because, right. yeah, so, I, I just read the collected edition, which unfortunately doesn't have that awesome yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you missed out on it. Yeah. Right. Um, Callie, why did you loan me that collected edition, dude? <laughs> oh, dude. Because I don't have all the single it issues. Oh, yes, I know. It's so, so uh, there's all these. I, I haven't been looking at my notes this whole time. Real quick, let's go back to Psycho Pirate, okay? Jane. 
I can't stand Psycho Pirate. <laughs> that that was me before I was enlightened. Okay. How did you become enlightened? You'll get there. Bring okay? it on. Okay. okay. But like when I um, first read this, I remember when I. So you're you're where I was at when I was eight. Okay. <laughs> got a little bit of growing to do, Kelly. <laughs> I I hate a Psycho Pirate too because he's just like. Like, yeah, he takes his mask off and makes dorky faces, and yeah. then he controls the <laughs> and he's like, yeah. But there's this one scene, um, I can't remember what issue it is, it's one of the early ones where he controls um, the flash, right? Right, and it's all dark, right? And and he says things like, uh, oh, I wish I could remember what he said. Basically, he says, Sure, Flasher, sure, uh, you see, the world, our worlds, they're all screwed up, um, but oh, anyway, he says. And the people are scared, Flash, just like you. And so he like puts on this. So Psycho Pirate, people will take on whatever his emotions are, right? So in this, it's this dark room, and it's just like just this normal dude. Just he kind of has like he talks like he's from like Brooklyn or something, basically. Uh, he's just like a normal dude, but then he's just like, yeah, yeah, we're all scared. And then he pulls off his mask or whatever and puts a scared face, and it's all in the dark. And then Flash starts freaking his shit out. He gets so scared. And I think done the right way, like that could be as like a horror book, actually. Like it could be really scary, where like you're sure. adapting these emotions that you from this other person that they're putting on you. Yeah, like I I felt like uh, most of the time he was lame, but like that six, those like six panels, I was just like, oh dude, if this was done the right way, Psycho Pirate could be like one of the scariest characters. Like he's like you could be just fine. He's just like, yeah, I know, I know. It's it's tough about the world today, but what if this happens? What if this this is and just completely drive you nuts. Insane yeah. thinking They've, about what he's saying. There's been something I've read within the last few years that's kind of modern where they used Psycho Pirate. Oh, right. And like maybe it was the Tom King Batman stuff. Hmm. But like uh yeah, like they've they've made him more serious over over the years and like kind of a bigger threat. I Number think. one, his costume makes him look his ridiculous. Terrible, the costume design is so bad, absolutely. You terrible. can't take him serious. Like he looks like he's in like uh, the Queen of Hearts court. He's like right, just walking right. around. But like if they made him but more like of his just like, his cool mask that he has, like yeah, don't they even? I don't know. That's gonna bug me. There's something with his mask. That, oh, uh, it's in Hero, something Heroes really in, good. Heroes in Crisis. They use his mask actually. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that's uh, and that's the Tom King thing. Yeah, no. Is they his do mask have in Psycho Kingdom mask. Come? Uh, I don't sure. think I don't it think so. is. But dude, uh, anyway, sorry. His mask, I think, is actually on the cover of one of the Heroes in Crisis comics. Actually, okay. now that you mention it, which makes sense because that whole Heroes in Crisis is about. These heroes going and feelings talking and about their feelings, yeah. Yep. But, uh, but, dude, if you did Psycho Pirate right and say like he was just like unhinged and like it's kind of like today. In fact, there's some correlations in today and what's going on in this comic book, dude. Because there's this big thing happening, right? And like people don't know what to do. People feel helpless. At that time, you bring in the Psycho Pirate, right? You say, "Oh yeah, I know. Like this is really bad. This is going to happen." Like, say today there was a real-life psycho pirate. They say, dude, if Joe Biden gets elected, we're going to become a socialist country. We're going to be run by Russia. We're going to be, like, or China. We're going to be, like, uh, under his control. Because that's what Fox News is saying. Like, that's the stuff they're saying, right? The Republican National Convention, that's the stuff they're saying. If Joe Biden ha uh, becomes president, this is what's going to happen. So say you got a psycho pirate telling you that stuff. And at the same time, he can actually 
put those emotions Control, on right. you. You right. feed into it way more than. I just feel like, like I feel media. like today's news media is, is psychopathic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, on, on both sides for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's 100%. crazy, dude. Like, whatever they tell you, you're gonna get scared, and you're going to feel the emotion that they want you to feel. Right. Well, that's yeah, that's true. the thing with algorithms and stuff like that. What you believe, what you're looking up, is continually fed to you. Right. So what is continually fed yeah. to me is anti-Trump bullshit because that's what I right. look up. That's what I want to see. What is fed to Trump fans is pro-Trump, anti-Biden stuff because yeah. it's all algorithms. Yeah, the internet is psychopyra, yeah. dude. Yeah, you're right. The internet is psychopyra. I hate we the internet. We have a psychopyra, yeah. dude, <laughs> and it's the internet. Yes. Um, so uh, there was um, there was another correlation between what's going on today. So so uh, if you guys remember, the uh, what's Uncle Sam, what's his team? Freedom uh, fighters. fighters, freedom fighters. Yeah. You remember where where they become the bad guys for a little bit? I don't yeah. know if you remember, but they mm-hmm. everybody comes and they're fighting and they're fighting against Uncle Sam, right? So, to me, that isn't more indica- indicative of what's going on today than ever, dude. Like Uncle Sam, the country, the president who you're supposed to believe in, is doing one thing, and you're like, wait a second, like. Are is Uncle Sam the bad guy? Like the heroes <laughs> had to ask the, themselves this question in yeah. this thing. Maybe I'm getting too like on next level, but like I'm thinking, uh, like when Uncle Sam is like, uh, let me see here real quick. Um, oh, so he just oh, I put in my notes. Uncle Sam is on the wrong side of history as usual <laughs> 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 because like he is like because what's happening is. Uh, monitor no the anti-monitor has given psychopirate super abilities to control not just one person but three whole earths right so he's controlling um he's controlling the entire uh what's that team called again freedom fighters freedom fighters yeah and so freedom fighters think that they're the good guys which is like what we're seeing today right like you're seeing people who think that they're in the right and they're very proactive and and, on the and loud side. about what they're saying, but it's because they're disillusioned, right? Like, if anything, like yeah, you're right. Because of Psychopirate, because of Fox News, uh, what's that team called again? Freedom, Freedom Fighters. Fighters. Freedom Fighters are on the wrong side of history because of Psychopirate Fox News. Yes, I think I maybe. I mean, or you- CNN Spence. We gotta play both sides. <laughs> no, you're right. CNN, but they're just liberal pussies. They they're, they're not gonna right. They're liberal. Be, cucks. They're not freedom fighters. Yeah, <laughs> that's who, that's why I trust. <laughs> I don't trust any of them. And you're right. And so here's the deal. This is because you were talking about this, and because this is no longer a comics podcast. <laughs> I recently watched a uh, interview with Dennis Miller. Uh, I told you guys that earlier, right? But that led me on to YouTube. Says, oh, maybe you should watch this. Sure. Dennis Miller was most re- uh, was recently on Jimmy Kimmel. And you know he's a he's, he's a, super conservative, yes, right? Yes, he is. Um, and he he said the funniest. He thing is to me. now. He certainly right, didn't yeah. used to be. He said the funniest thing. He said uh, Joe Biden is like that uh, third guy in the Sonic commercial that pops up in the back seat, <laughs> asking if he could have some food or something. And I was laughing. I'm like, because you because he doesn't matter. And like you, I totally agree with him on that. He doesn't matter. Um, but like. It was interesting to me to listen to Dennis Miller because he 
Uh, he doesn't think Trump's the devil, which lots of people do. But he would come out and say Trump says a lot of stupid shit that like scares him. Uh, and uh, he says like a lot of the stuff he says scares him. But nowadays we're so polarized that like you're just like anything he says is bullshit. Like that's what that's actually the camp I'm in. Anything Trump says is bullshit. Screw him. And I've never been necessarily so against one side until Trump came in. Like I've been, I've considered myself more in the middle up until Trump, and now I'm just like, how can anybody? But then like, yeah, hearing Dennis Miller talk and stuff is like. Not that I'm pro-Trump or even would even think about voting for him, but I'm just like, you know, it's nice to listen to people who aren't Fox News or who aren't CNN who are, like, going to tell you, you know, this thing isn't as bad as maybe you think it is or this thing is worse than you think it is, depending on your right. Right. thing. Yeah. But, yeah, um, not to say that you should vote at all costs please vote for biden <laughs> this you know, podcast endorses biden <laughs> my 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 friend jeff dixon i said the most like astute thing i've i've heard in a long time about biden um in that biden is the democratic equivalent of george w bush uh, yeah you're right in that yeah, he's yeah. just uh he's just a He's a puppet, dude. Like, and and well, not only that, he's just like a, just like a harmless dumbass that likes to touch people. Right. He's yeah. just he's just like a like your creepy dumb uncle, and like so. Ex- except for dude, given the choice, I would one million percent hang out with George W. over Biden, dude. Like a million percent, a hundred percent, exactly. So he's George, like the Democratic George, dude, uh, George w Bush would fucking rage. He's man. the Democratic he George Bush, but the boring version. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, you could get wasted with with W and have the greatest time of your life. Not not Biden. He'd just say some weird shit and touch it. Probably touchy inappropriately or whatever. <laughs> Honestly, I try to think about like what's the worst uh, like person that I would vote for over Trump. And there's like. A lot of bad people I would vote for over Trump. I would vote for Hitler. For I was just saying, would you vote for Adolf? No. Dude, wouldn't that would be the hardest choice of my life, dude. <laughs> if I had to vote for Hitler or Trump, I would probably vote Trump and I would hate my life, dude. But like it would be a hard vote. I would think for a second. I would be I like think back Trump and forth. Trump is just a less effective Hitler. <laughs> He wants to do the same shit, but he just—he's not smart enough. Yeah, that's true. So comics. Uh, oh yeah. So, oh, back to comics. Yeah. So Callie, what do you remember anything about the end Kelly, of this? Cut all of that shit out. <laughs> you want me to cut up the political talk? Okay. No, we have to leave it. In. Okay, real quick. Vote Biden. I have to say it, dude. Okay, Kelly. You feel like we, what? Don't don't. If Kelly doesn't isn't going to register, Kelly, you've got till October to register. I probably won't register anyway. It's too difficult to even. It's not. It's literally it's the easiest so thing. Easy. My problem is I don't want to. I don't want to pick a party. You don't have to. I'm not a party affiliated. You're not a party affiliated. You don't no. have to. We talked. You could pick last independent. Time. Okay, dude. Literally, when I browse Instagram, there's a link to register to <laughs> vote true. at the top. It's the easiest thing to do. It is so easy, dude. Listeners, I'll, I'll look into if, it. I almost sent you a picture. I got a thing in the mail about 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 voting. I almost sent you a picture the other day just because it, really? it is so goddamn easy. Why won't you vote? The last time I voted, way, my favorite hashtag is "settle for Biden." 
<laughs> that is my that is yeah. the hashtag to the I love it. Well, and the problem is is oh, dude, I don't know how this turns. I'm just saying that a lot of Republicans, especially around here, good people I know voted for Trump and they were settling for Trump at the time. Like that's the problem. That's where we're at. But yeah, they everybody's Hillary voting so for everybody. Badly. Right. Yeah. My, my, my everybody's parents. settling. Yeah. Yeah, my for parents, hundred percent. Yeah, they hated and Hillary. Just voting against the other person—it's crazy. Right, that's what it's come to. Yeah, I would vote for it. Anti-monitor. Anti-monitor twenty twenty. Let's get it going. Yeah, no, for sure I'd go for anti-monitor because yeah, because monitor—he's already dead. Monitor's stupid. Just, First of all, he knew that he was going to die. He knew that he had a traitor in his midst and didn't do anything about it. And because he thought he was going to serve the greater good. And what did that do to him? The anti-monitor almost won about six times in this book. He would not get down. He got defeated in this seven. I think he got defeated in nine. Well, like, he just kept coming back, dude. It was yeah, crazy. They can't stop him. Yeah. yeah. And, like, every time you thought, you're like, oh, my gosh, they've, they finally got the monitor. Nope. He has come back since this series, correct? I assume. I would assume. Yes, yeah. there's a storyline called... Uh, Dark Side War, I believe. Does Dark Side go up? Dark Side and Anti Monitor battle. I would like to read that, actually. Dude, we gotta try to get some sense of something. I would would like to read that. Okay, I'll pull it down in a a minute here. So, yeah. Issue six, we get a new Wildcat. Issue seven, Supergirl dies. Issue eight, Flash dies. Flash dies because he sacrifices himself. Something you've seen later in DC, but I really like about this, you see echoes of Flash. I think that's so cool, right? Like, Batman, in one of the first issues, is chilling. Flash is, like, there with his hands out. He's fighting the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, help me, help me, right? Like, And you see that in Flashpoint. You see that in uh, Infinite Crisis. Like, see in Zack Snyder's movie? Dude, yeah. I mean, just Flash. Stop, man. Release the Snyder cut. Hashtag. Hashtag release, yeah. Hashtag release y- the... Y'all can stop with that. It's coming. <laughs> okay. He's working on it right now. <laughs> Hashtag release the... Uh, what's the it's one? It's coming. The... Um, what's the Batman director's one? Nolan? No, the... Oh, the new guy? Matt No, Reeves? no, the fourth guy. Uh, the second guy. After Burton. Sure. Yeah, uh, release Joel, the Shoemaker Joel, cut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, release the Shoemaker cut. Oh, That's a that, might, that might be yeah. hard. <laughs> <laughs> he just died. Uh, um, so, Flash... Did he go uh, and of the gates? So, Barry Allen... If we're going to talk about one of the most important deaths in DC history, if you guys are still listening, you're insane. Please oh, stop. Yeah. Please stop listening. We're going to talk for First ourselves. First register to vote and then stop listening. Okay. So, uh, Barry Allen dies in this because he finds something, some circle thing that he runs on. Treadmill? Cosmic treadmill. No. No, not that. A, you've not, not read the book, dude. <laughs> God, I hate you. I've I never mean, hated somebody as much as I, I hate you, Kelly. Okay, so he finds this big oh, circle it's, thing. Yeah, it's it's inside uh, Anti-Monitor's... Like, lair? His gig, yeah. Oh, yeah, and he kicks the shit out of Psycho Pirate. That's cool. Yes. Dude, yeah, the Cordian... Yeah. The court, is this guy got a name? Yeah, the war, uh, Weaponer of Quard. He's so cool looking. I think I love his design. Let me see. He's the... Oh. He's a guy with a. He's from Court. He's in like one of the first issues. I really. But then he reappears here, and he's um. He's got like a quiver those are of the, lightning the, bolts. Yeah, the, the the thunderers. Those are all. Their okay. design is incredible. Okay, so it's a bunch of. Yeah, but they they're, have like these, they're like the minions of. Uh, they have these big eyes. Yeah. They're, they're in goggles, but they got these gigantic eyes, and they throw these like. Th- they have like lightning bolts. Viking winged helmets, but they and then they have these quiver of lightning bolts. And they're yeah. from and they're, they're from like Court. And before this book, really cool I didn't looking. know that 
Owa and Cord had like a thing, dude. I didn't know there was like a enmity between them. Did it exist even before this? Or was I don't it... know, maybe not. But like, uh, one thing that happens in here is all of the leaders, except for the main one, are leaders. No. What's Guardian, the Owen? The, the guardians. guardians. All the Guardians die except for one, dude, which is crazy. It's probably that bad one that turns bad. Yeah, I think it is. Night. Yeah. Uh, well, even name? he said, that, like, he's like, I'm dying. I'm dead. And then as uh, Guy Gardner flew out. off, he's like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, yeah, he like says something <laughs> yeah. else as, as oh, Guy Gardner. That's the other off. thing. Guy Gardner becomes a Green Lantern in here, uh, which is interesting to me because they already knew about. That's what I don't know about DC continuity. They already knew about Guy Gardner because he says it in here. Like, you've been a trial Green Lantern, basically. Then he becomes a real one. Had John Stewart died? I don't think John Stewart died. John Stewart's in this. Is right. he in yeah, this? No, he is. Yeah, yeah, the he first is part it. of it yeah. is. But I don't, I don't remember him at the end of it. Um, so I don't know if he died. But for whatever reason, they make they make Green Gardner a guardian again. Um, but, in, but he's I mean like Green Lantern again. But he's like, as they, it's really interesting. Actually, it's like it's like an X Force X Men kind of thing. It's like the 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 Guardians were like, we defend what is right. But then this this evil guy is like, yo, we're gonna go seek him out before it even happens and kill him before it happens. Mm, yeah. And Guy Garner's way on board with that, which was like X Force's thing right it's like we're yo we're the x-men just wait around for shit to happen we're gonna go like nip it in the bud before it even happens uh so that was yeah i didn't quite understand because i don't know shit about okay. greenlanders but uh so i don't know quite what, so what yeah was no john stewart so how yeah, jordan right. john stewart where is, jordan where is hell dead i think is he dead yeah he's dead now he's going to become the specter but he's oh, not that's the, right. he's not the specter in this one yeah i think he becomes parallax um right because john stewart took over at this point so john stewart was the main green lantern and the hell jordan becomes parallax and then becomes the specter this is what i was talking about you guys this is where we're gonna get called out is because like this stuff um so monitor is here so in issue seven real quick we going back so these issues, these two covers look really similar, right? They're very like similar, yeah. Seven and eight, it's crazy how similar they are. And both of them involve a death. And these are the two most uh, like expensive issues in the series, right? Sure. Supergirl's death and Flash's death. Flash is holding uh, Psycho Pirate and then Superman's holding Supergirl. It's pretty interesting those came out. The same, like right one right after another and then they had a similar feel to it. But issue seven is where they first defeat the i mean not defeat but first take down anti-monitor yeah right so psycho i know par, no psych what's this guy's name again pariah pariah <laughs> oh no it's so not pariah much. it's actually lex Lu alex luther he opens up this weird dimension and these heroes um go with him and pariah leads him and he says i give thanks this is my atonement oh, he realizes yeah. like yeah. this is where he's this is why the monitor kept him alive it wasn't just to witness all the horrible that was just like a dick move it's like because of what you did i'm gonna make you witness all these deaths yeah but i really have a real mission for you and it's to lead these people through um the antimatter right so uh so they go through there and they get to anti-monitors like planet which is pretty cool looking it's it's reminiscent of like uh, apocalypse a little bit but 
Uh, but his planet comes alive. There's all these statues. So the Infinity Gauntlet miniseries, by the way, ripped this off hardcore. Well, I, I, you know, George was yeah. drawing them both, but yeah. like the the kind of just the where they're fighting, like that kind of, I guess it's the moon that Thanos makes with death or whatever. And, you know, okay, it's George or whatever. I guess he's right. kind of recycling his designs, but it's very it, similar. Well, it's similar, but also Anti-Monitor is similar to Thanos in the fact that, like, he just can't be, be you can't take this guy down alone, right? Like, like to me, when I was reading this, I was like, oh, this is like, because with Thanos, it's like, no matter what they do, it's not enough until they figure it out and that's what it's like with with the anti-monitor yeah because it takes like what two supermans a supergirl shazam and like uh like three other people to try and beat anti-monitor so i'm gonna tell you guys this firestorm let's talk about him he's in this a lot yeah yeah like weirdly a lot right a lot (laughs) for like a b character to be in this so much um, so thirty times more than Batman. They set up this whole thing with like, what's her name, the Ice Queen at the beginning. Uh, yeah, uh, where she falls in. Psycho Pirate makes her fall in love with uh, Firestorm. Yeah. Uh, what is her Kill, Killer Frost? Is yeah, it? that's it. Yeah, Killer okay. Frost. And uh, and it's kind of funny or whatever, but really, yeah, cute. like it didn't need to happen. I was fine mm. without it, right? Um, but uh, Firestorm um, and his Professor Stein. Sure. I'm just going to tell you guys right now, if you respect that relationship, spoiler alert, don't read uh, Doomsday Clock. Really? Yeah. No kidding? I think I told you guys this oh, when no. I was like Marco Poloing you guys this. I think I think I liked it overall. Yeah. They really damaged one character in my mind. And it's Firestorm. Yep. Specifically Professor Stein. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. He's an asshole. I didn't even know he was... In that at all? Yeah, dude. I thought Professor it was just Watchmen stuff. Is an asshole that created, basically created all the bad stuff that happens. I'll be darned. Yeah. So hmm. don't read it if you like Professor that relationship. Um, Gary Frank's art is enough for me to. Oh, so to read. Yeah, you're right. It's so good. Oh, yeah, dude. Ryan just wants to review the ads. <laughs> okay. So, um, so they're fighting. Oh, so, so this is where Supergirl dies, right? So she dies. Trying to destroy Anti Monitor. Yeah, beating the shit out of him. It's great. She destroys yeah. his costume, his armor that he has at the right. time. Yeah, Just like basically, beats the shit out of basically, him. you think, yo, she he, like she killed him, right? Right. That's what's so sad is on page two, I think. He's like of right. issue eight. Yeah, he's yeah, right he's there. back. <laughs> yeah. So that was issue seven. She died trying to kill him, and he's back on right episode. Page two yeah. of the next issue. Yep. So it was all for nothing, dude. There's some Kirby going on and that dark side as well. So I like dark side's part in this. Like my whole thing was this with Crisis is like, where's Dark Side? Like he could put a stop to this so easily. And he's been very like um reluctant to show up. But uh throughout the thing he says, I know what's going on. There's this thing's going on and I'll take care of it. Um and uh so yep so uh the guardians on oa were all frozen so the green lantern rings didn't work um kelly you don't remember this so i'll tell you green lanterns were no help because all of the guardians were like frozen and they ended up uh getting out so all the green lanterns finally got their powers back again uh killer frost 
eventually lost her affection yes. for Firestorm, and then he's got a rebound, babe, immediately, dude. He had Killer Frost. He rebounded immediately to Firehawk. I know nothing about Firehawk, dude. But she's hot. I, I know that much. It seems a little more uh, <laughs> Firestorm, Firehawk. seems a little more... Yeah, a little more uh, natural. You know, sure. But what's they interesting... They have more in common. Yeah. What's interesting <laughs> is she gets like a new costume within three pages. Yes. Their relationship immediately. Yeah. So she got this new costume. Oh, yeah. But this part where she loses her costume... Is she a Legion character? I mean, we could talk about that, but we could talk about Everything. the comic instead. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I don't know shit about her. Where is she from? I don't know. That's why I say that. I think she'll leave. Yeah. And here's the thing is, Callie sets us up for oh. failure like this, like, because nobody has the answers. Don't ask questions like that. Uh, Kelly. Who's that blue guy with the horns? <laughs> it's Hellboy. Okay. It's Hellboy. <laughs> All right. So, anyway. Oh, there's Josh um, Stewart right there. Yeah. Look at the yacht. We look at the yacht. <laughs> Are we gonna publish this? This could be the next Daredevil Yellow that we don't publish unless no. we need to. Okay. Oh, okay, I'm done. Okay, so somebody <laughs> figure the rest of this comic out. Harbinger. And then she comes the Harbinger comes back to life and gets them all again. <sighs> okay. I feel like So listen. I feel like we've got the monkey on our shoulder. So right listen, now. let me let okay. me tell you why you guys are gonna fire me and this is my last episode ever. <laughs> I can this, do this. I can bring this back. This is the. <laughs> I'm gonna bring it back. You tell it. I'm gonna bring okay. It back. This is the first time I've ever read this. I I I was reading comics when this came out. I remember seeing them in the comic stands. I remember the covers. Of course, are iconic. I learned what happened. I I I knew it all. So, but this is my first time actually. This reading. is a more interesting story. Actually, how could you be into your fifties or sixties <laughs> and not have read this yet? Yeah, so this is this is the very first this time I've Ryan. ever he's actually 56 read. Fifty-six years old, <laughs> and he's finally read this. So, so I finally read this after all this time, and in every possible sense, it is a lot. There is way too many issues. <laughs> Why do you think is, I didn't finish it? It is it is a lot of George Perez just worked his freaking ass off just drawing it is just so much work there's tons of dialogue for him there's tons of dialogue there's a lot of characters a lot of pages it's just well Spence left and so now I don't even want to I want him to be here when he when he when he dropped the ball yeah so let's let's chit chat for a minute okay. until he gets back yes <laughs> let's talk, let's see what can we talk about um I'm looking at your comics that you have out, at least yes. displayed. Um, there's so many that I want. <laughs> there's a lot of good ones. A lot of good ones. These Bernie Wrightson ones that. Uh, uh, oh yeah, Pacific. It's Pacific. Yeah, right? Pacific. Yeah. Comics put out. Master of the Macabre. Bernie Wrightson, Master of the Macabre. Yeah. There's some. They're so good. There's just beautiful reprints from, creepy and eerie and. Uh, Web of Horror. I haven't actually heard of Web of Horror. Web of Horror. Yes, you have, because that's the one that I got. And I got number three, the one with the Yeti on the cover. Oh, yes, yes, this yes, is, yes. You're right. Yeah, cover, it's the first cover. Least. Yeah. There was just three. Published cover. There was just three issues. Of okay. Those. 
Uh, it was a British magazine, I believe. No, I'm thinking of Skywald. Anyway. Um, and what? No, we're it's hot in here. It's, it's hot super in here. hot in here. <laughs> but no, I was we were just shooting the shit while you were gone because I wanted you to hear this. But it's, it's I have no nostalgia tied to this. Okay. Except for the covers, obviously. Yeah. My the best thing about this is that they were trying to simplify, and the and like I said earlier, the worst thing is that it all got undone, of course, over through time. But um, overall, despite the beautiful George Perez art, overall, I really did not like this, and I never want to read it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me tell me where you let me tell you why you're wrong. Please, why you do want to read it again? Please. Um, no, I'm just kidding. You're not wrong. Um, I I think you w- will read it again. You may be it may be 30 years from now, if okay. you're here, God willing. Um, I won't be, but you can go on. <laughs> so, um, I read this uh, actually a lot when I was young. I read it right after it came out. My dad was into comics, right? He told me all about this. He actually sold me each one of these issues for a dollar a piece. I mean, what is the matter with your dad? I mean, he could have just given them to me. Yes, but at the same time. I still was getting a deal at a dollar a piece, so maybe he's t- teaching me the value of money. No, because they're seventy-five cents. <laughs> the cover price is seventy-five okay, cents. Okay, but no, when I when I <laughs> so so yeah, you're right. Ed, I've heard many things. <laughs> I, your dad was the man. But here's the deal: is he gave them to me for a dollar a piece, but then they went up in value. Okay, so All maybe right. he just knew that, right? All right. And what do you know about anything about the value of Castle Grayskull? Yeah, dude, listen, or Voltron. Listen, <laughs> Voltron. <like that. laughs> I've been trying to rekin, like re. <coughs> now that I'm a dad, I'm trying to understand why he did the things he did, and I still can't figure it out. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was I gonna say? Okay, so let me. Uh, Need okay, more scotch. So a little bit. I got a little okay. bit left. Came okay. dolphin chick is hot. I think that's the one thing. You guys need to take I, I agree. Let's, uh, the dolphin is super hot. Agreed. Um, but also, in addition to that... A, she's just got a tank top and those Daisy Dukes on. So, uh, can we talk about... Am I going to get canceled? No. Cancel Am I going to get me too yeah, yeah. No. So, so, can we talk about uh, Golden Age Superman and what a bitch he is, dude? <laughs> he's, he's badass at the end, though. Yeah, He steps I mean, up at the end. No, only for one reason... One reason he, misses he didn't care about all of the universes. He cared he about Lois, Lois, which was hanging out in in Lex Luthor's belly the entire time. Why was he such a bitch? And why was he such a dick? And like, yeah, didn't I tell know. him that he had her. That she was okay. That he had her, and he could have probably saved a couple other people in there. Exactly, like, he's got room. Yeah, I mean, because he fits Superboy in there. Why? Yeah. Who gives a shit about Superboy? Fits somebody else in there. So. There's some, weird, there's some weird stuff. Like like I said, this was written from an editorial perspective. Um, and there's some weird stuff that happened. It, we got down to two Earths, Earth 1 and Earth 2, by right. issue 7 or 8. Yeah. All of a sudden, lo and behold, an issue like one of the later issues, oh, wait, never mind. We've got these three other Earths that we want to include in the mix. So it's like they wanted to get issue or Earth 1 and 2 down. And then they were like, let's um, let's bring five other Earths. I don't know what five Earths those are, though. Earth 1, Earth 2, and there was the Shazam Earth was one. 
and yeah wait a minute there's two other ones that's another thing i was confused about shazam has his own earth yes yeah so how had him and superman fought and stuff before uh because of crossovers dude maybe you've heard of them before (laughs) but like do they explain that holy this dude is from a whole another earth or whatever yeah no all the shazam characters are from another earth it's like earth s or something yeah earth s but like is that explained when he's fighting our superman the explanation is that these were all a different comic book company and dc bought them and they had to somehow bring those in to continuity Oh, these guys were on their whole other Earth the entire time. Well, it's the same with like the Charlton guys too, right? Like yeah. Charlton, all right, yeah, that makes characters. sense. Like even what Captain Adam or whatever his name is is like right here, mm-hmm. right? Captain and Adam. so he, he's yes. like on the cover of like a like I don't know why he's even I don't know. It's weird. So, I mean, do you guys have anything else to say? I feel like I gotta continue. I do not. This okay. I I I. I feel the same way about Crisis on Infinite Earths as I do about Tom Waits or Bjork. I respect the shit out of it. I Take think Tom it's, Waits out of it. I think it's. I think it's. Tom Waits is not. Crisis. I think. It, I, mean, I think yeah, it's an amazing uh, art, and I never want to hear it or see it again. Uh, you know what? I'm going to respectfully disagree with you because I don't think this is art. I think that this is a solution to a problem. And that's my problem with Crisis, is that it's not enough art. Please put comics, Callie's comics down. Yes, but, but I want to check. I check. <laughs> so, anyway. It is, like you said, Spencer, it is it is a It was a tough corporate. read for me, man. It is very tough read. That's why it's a slog. I seriously have started this book like five times, and I've gotten through it one time. Okay. Let me just wind this down, okay? Please. We've got a bunch of crisis haters here. Save this. I like crisis, okay? So, starting from issue seven on, they bring everybody together. Uh, Issue number, let's see, hold up. Issue, they bring in the bad guys at one of the issues. So, so what's really cool is um, the bad guys work with the good guys a little bit in the first couple issues, okay? But then the bad guys have pulled out. Uh, once they've got down to five Earths, Lex Luthor has this awesome idea. It's just like, dude, we could take over yeah. a couple of these. I did and, really like that. And I thought that was actually. cool. Like, yeah. like Lex Luthor saw that. He's an opportunist, right? So he sees Absolutely. this as an opportunity. Like Him and Brainiac. Dude, we've got this stuff going on. Yeah, let's do this. And him and Brainiac are working together, right? And uh, But yeah, so they think, okay, we can take over all the Earths. And so they try it and... They fail miserably to take over every Earth. Um, and so then Brainiac is just like, dude, Lex, we right now there's a bigger issue at hand, and it's the Anti-Monitor. And so then the bad guys end up joining up in issue nine. Yes. Uh, where they're just like, okay, we got to do this. Uh, so Brainiac apparently dies in issue 10. Um, he comes he, back to life, of course. But he comes back to life and immediately takes out Simon, because Simon was the one that killed uh, Brainiac. Simon, and, and then uh, and then Brainiac's like, "Dude, are you an idiot? I'm a whole ship. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I'm an entire ship. Right. You can't just kill this one part and think I'm dead." So he shoots uh, Simon's brain completely off. Yeah, which was an awesome panel. And here, Callie, when I was asking you earlier. About yeah. what happens? Yes. What saves the day? Uh-huh. Mr. Spectre comes in, dude. 
Spectre is the catalyst for this whole thing, dude. Once Spectre joins up in issue 10, He's right. He's everything right changes, okay? Yep. So, uh, issue 10. Uh, and then Spectre takes a dive. Right, yeah. So, so they get... Spectre is the one... So, good. the good people and the bad people are fighting. Spectre comes in. He's this gigantic, like, figure. He tells everybody, stop. He says, stop what you're doing. You guys don't understand. This is bigger than the fight between us. We have to take over this guy. So, Spectre is the one that basically saves everything, in my opinion. If he didn't come in, Supergirl was a waste. She sacrificed herself for nothing. Flash, too. Flash... Yeah, really, kind of. I mean, he he had told people about what's coming. Like, he said, Batman, watch out. Some shit, some big shit is about to happen. <laughs> but that's like... And then Batman just yeah. sits on Earth and does nothing. But, yeah. that, but, but what you were saying before is like... Looks at his monitors. So, the other thing, too. When this first thing, when this thing first opens... They've already destroyed it, said, like, three million Earths. <laughs> At least, yeah. And yeah. then Anti-Monitor finally decides to step in when there's, like, three Earths or a few Earths left. Right. Like, why? what took you so long, dude? But anyway, same with Spectre. What took you so long to step in here, dude? Because he's really the only person at this time in comics continuity who could even take on the Anti-Monitor. Even the anti-monitor couldn't take on the monitor. So Spectre comes in and is just like, okay, you guys, we got to work together. And this is where it really ends good. Like, we've been talking some shit. We've, we're a little drunk, especially Callie. And, yep. Um, <laughs> but the, the thing is, is like from issue seven on, it's like amazing. It's like a battle fest. Like, there's just battles going all the time. Things are going down. People are dying. Um, there's... Uh, Oh, yeah. So, um, I'm sorry. I'm reading right now. Uh, oh, at the issue 10, there's these monitor tapes that show up, right? Yes. So, at the very bottom, um, the Harbinger... So, Monitor is dead. He recorded these tapes. Uh, I think this is a really cool addition. I don't know why they didn't do this through the whole thing, actually. But it's just this one issue. But the bottom... Uh, probably fifth of the page is just these monitor tapes that Harbinger has taken over. So basically the monitor had recorded a journal, a video journal. Um, and then Harbinger takes it over at this point in issue 10 and she, and it's just like it, most of it is like, it talks about the other stuff that's going on that you didn't see in the comics. Right. The forever people show up in this. If I remember correctly, this is what inspired them to make the history of the DC universe. Yeah, which is an awesome addition to it. That's actually my favorite thing about this whole experience was reading this in this back of the collected edition. I hate to um, say you're wrong in front of millions of our listeners, <laughs> but uh, it was the other way. The it was the other way around. They wanted to write Marvel Wolfman wanted to write a history of the DC universe. Before crisis happened, he. Uh, but then he thought about doing this other thing to where they could like um, fix the current continuity. Basically, the history of the DC universe was already out there. Okay. Um, but they have this other issue that they need to resolve I see. Uh, to bring in all the Earths. 
But then they did make the history of the DC universe, and I didn't know that was in here. That's actually, so awesome. I actually I have the That's original so issues of it. Do you? Yeah, but I didn't know that they included it in your guys' trade. Uh, but yeah, I do love oh, the history so, of the DC universe. Awesome. Yeah, that was really my good. favorite part of this. It's whole written experience. by Marv and drawn by uh, him. George. But yeah. yeah, so um, but the thing about these um, monitor tapes is uh, it just shows like they couldn't show everything that's going on. One thing that I was a little bit upset about is the lack of the fourth world in here, except for Darkseid, okay? So Darkseid... Even uh, that is pretty uh, spare. It, yeah, it is. Yeah, Sparse. They, it is. But, I mean, how are you going to not show Darkseid in this, right? Like, yeah. they almost had to. But, like, the Forever People, the only place they were in here was in the in the monitor tapes. Um, yeah. Uh, we didn't see... We didn't see like any of those guys. Do we didn't see? Do we even see like Orion or Mister Miracle or? No, I don't think we saw any of those guys, dude. Which is crazy, because every time that's the problem with Jack Kirby when he works for your company, he's going to create something so big, including gods, including beginnings of universes, that how are you going to incorporate what he's built into your uh, universe, right? Except for like one or two characters. But the thing is, is like basically he's creating gods who've created universes. Like, how are you not going to make them one of the main points of this story? I, I mean, I think because like a lot of people can't handle Jack Kirby's character. I, I, it just seems like if you Jack Kirby creates a good god and a bad god. I mean, High Father isn't mentioned even once in this. No. But this is such a big story that affects the entire DC universe that, like, I couldn't believe that they weren't in there. Forever People was just a footnote. But basically, these are footnotes. I did like that they included the monitor tapes, but they're basically footnotes. Amethyst yeah. World, uh, the Crystal World or something. Uh huh. They were in there. That was pretty big for like four or five pages. Dude, have like, you guys watched on DC uh, DC streaming app? Nope. You gotta watch it, dude. <laughs> they have uh, these amethyst shorts that are one of the. They're my favorite, uh, probably my favorite of all the shorts, dude, huh. that are on there. They're so good. I wish they would have really? made an entire series of amethysts. Hmm. I I used to have amethyst number one, but uh, I um, but I'm not a big amethyst fan. But these shorts on DCU, they're so good. They're done with like a cute anime style, and they but they're so awesome. So watch that. Yeah, I've never read. The only thing I've ever read of her was these four or five pages that she's in, oh, really? in in this book. Yep. There's one little. Okay, we're just gonna wind it down. I gotta feel like I gotta shove all this stuff in. Let's do it. There's uh, one part where like they're everybody's literally pummeling monitor. This is issue twelve right yeah. at the end. They're pummeling monitor with whatever they got. So, actually, he dies in issue nine. He dies again in issue ten. I think maybe eleven. But then, it, but like he has this essence that you can't kill. Yeah. So they're all teaming up against him. And then in this issue, uh, no, this is 11, issue 11. Robin says, uh, Batman, we haven't got any powers. What do we do? And Batman says, we can share our courage. We can give them hope. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, when you're Batman and Robin... What else are you going to do when you're battling the anti-monitor? Right. Like, there's nothing you can do. But because, basically what he said here is Batman and Robin's superpower is their courage and their hope. 
and I thought that was really cool. And again, like if that was today, dude, he Batman, I can guarantee would have killed Anti Mon. <laughs> yeah, right, <can> guarantee. <laughs> he would have figured something out some weird. Or Harley or Quinn, I guess. <laughs> Hit him with her dumb hammer. <laughs> but I just thought that was so cool. It's like their role in this was to give the other heroes courage. Like the one thing Batman and Robin have is courage and hope and they can share it with the other people. And like hmm. That's another correlation with what's, you know, what's going on today. You know, it's like with the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff. It's like, you know, what can you do? Well, you can hope for something better. You can, even if you feel powerless, you can, your hope, your courage can inspire other people. And I think that's a, like, way prescient. These were written during the Reagan times, dude. Like, right. not to bring it back to politics, but everything was perfect during these times. Not to say Reagan right. was perfect, but... America seemed perfect, like uh, in quotes, during these times, right? Like, we were the greatest country on earth. Nobody could take us. Like, that's why they came out with that uh, that movie in the eighties, the Red. Uh, what's that one where like Russia invaded America? Red, Red, Red Dawn. Dawn. Red Dawn, baby. Yeah. That's why that movie was so crazy because like we would never expect something like that in the eighties, right? And nowadays, every day, it's becoming more like oh. Okay, Red Dawn might it could happen like, <laughs> like China Red Dawn maybe uh, but like the one thing we can do the one thing any normal person can do is give other people courage the people that maybe have abilities that are better than you you give them they can feed off of your courage oh, that was gay okay <laughs> you can't say that Spence I, I said that was okay okay you can say that <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other thing was funny is they had to include like the Aquaman world, but he was only yes. in there yeah, like for like two panels, dude. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah that's <laughs> like there was about ten total panels underwater. Eight of them had Dolphin in it. I think Dolphin is <laughs> in it more than Aquaman. Yeah, I actually don't even know if I remember Aquaman. I remember Mira is in it. Yeah, and she gets uh, upset because this one mermaid gets killed. Yeah, is Aquaman even in this for? Uh, He's in like four like or five two, panels. Okay. But Dolphin and freaking Animal Man are like hanging out with Brainiac at the end. Like they're the ones that go find Darkseid. Yeah, you're right, dude. It's cr- uh, Why was- would they save freaking... I'm not complaining. <laughs> Why would they save Dolphin? <laughs> the character Dolphin amongst all these other people that they wipe out. Just like this... Here's some... Uh, at the end, okay? I don't know. I'm, so again, basically, I'm not complaining. What happens? This is the worst review ever. All of the um, universes die except for five. Two. It was down to two. Then somehow, miraculously, three more appeared. Then there's five somewhat. I don't know what they all are. Earth 1, Earth 2, Shazam World, and there's two other ones. Um, so they're, they're there. Um, and then... Uh, so my notes say, dolphin chick is hot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Dove dies in a news he got, report. He got wiped out. Yeah. He dies in a news report. It doesn't even show him dying. It's a news report with a died. newscaster saying, yeah. "Oh, Dove died by Lois doing is, this." This Lois is Lois is upset, mm-hmm. dude. That's the most worst way to die in a comic book. Is you don't even in a see news it. report. It's just announced. And then here's my you thing. You see it, but yeah, yeah, through news footage. Correct. Uh, here's my thing. Wonder Woman dead? Question mark. Okay. Yeah. So what I, happened there? So if I remember correctly, 
because she's she's reduced to clay, correct? From whence she sprang originally, correct? When did that happen? Um, that is that is in twelve at the end, but because um, yeah, she she gets killed, but then they then they show her clay fall back down to the earth. If I remember correctly, and I haven't looked this up, so I could be wrong. I believe that after that, this is when George Perez started his mm, Wonder Woman run. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that would the timing works for sure. Yeah, that like, makes sense. Because uh, yeah, they they show after all all that's said and done, um, they they show that her she is then reduced to clay, and um, and that's when she starts all over again. So, um, does it show her getting reduced to clay in this? Because, like, I they remember show her like, clay flying fall, into a blast. They show her clay fall down. Oh, so she she gets younger. Correct. Oh, from woman to girl to infant to original state of creation. And then oh. that, that panel right there. Okay. I'm continuing in reverse. Her clay, I'm reading it upside down. Oh, dude. Spread itself again across Paradise Island. So, I do, I'll fully admit. I pulled a Kelly a little bit on these last three issues. I had to read these <laughs> so fast. <laughs> Dude, I had to read them so fast at the end. It was like, it was like I, I had to be here tonight at uh, 9 o'clock, and it was like 8.15, and I had three issues left to go through. So, no, it was like, I had like an hour. Anyway, I was reading through them so fast. But I saw this happen, but I just assumed that that meant she died. But I think I was just looking at the pictures like Kelly does. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't say she... Oh, cool. So, oh, man. That's cool. And I'm pretty sure that this is where George took over. Yeah. The Wonder Woman series. Oh, dude, now i got to read that. I've, I've never read George's Wonder Woman. Uh, I've read some, and it's have you? pretty awesome. Because it's like when they did... Re after Crisis, like, Byrne did Superman, right? And then Frank Miller had his uh, Superman, or Batman Year One and... And, and then George and did. The other one. And then George took over this. So that was like the big rebirth of the big three. Yeah. But I've never read Wonder Woman, dude. I gotta... I gotta, dude. Um, send, my, send my local library if you want it. Oh, well, dude, can I borrow your library card? Sure. Thanks, man. So uh, the other thing that happens at the very end is uh, there's a new Flash. Correct. Wally West takes over Bailey, Barry Allen's uniform. Yeah. Ditches his own Kid Flash. He even says, I'm no longer Kid Flash. I'm now the Flash or whatever. Well, and he was lines. fully out of the Flash game, period. Yeah. But then like two issues before this, they brought him back, right? Because he was, uh, I don't know why, but as the more he would run... He had some sort of disease or whatever where it would kill him mm, as yeah. he was running. But as the anti-monitor touched him, it obviously reversed everything. Right. So now he was okay. So uh, so he gave up being uh, Kid Flash at the same time that uh, Nightwing gave up being Robin. Uh, but immediately, Robin turned into Nightwing. Um, but Wally West had been retired before now. So this, out of crisis, I would say like this is other than combining the worlds, this this is probably the most important thing that came out of crisis, right? Supergirl dying, people. Unfortunately, people didn't care too much. I love Supergirl. <laughs> I I love Supergirl. Seventies Supergirl, I love, but people aren't clamoring for Supergirl. People love the Flash. So I I would say like, yeah, Barry Allen's yeah. death. 
for sure. So pre-crisis Barry Allen, post-crisis Wally West, right? Right. Like, that's, that's one of the, the biggest, biggest thing that came for out sure. Of yeah, hundred percent. And like, unfortunately, it's not Wildcat. Like, <laughs> like a Wildcat changed, and this changed. A Doctor Light changed, which right. is kind of important. Not super. Not not even close to Flash. But I remember it's like, important to this book, but yeah. it's important to not really right. Pass well, and this then book. even after it, like I remember reading stuff in the 2000s about Dr. Light, and it was always this girl, Dr. Light, right? Oh, okay. So, like, there, there is some of that. Um, but yeah, I would say if I were going to sum up Crisis, what's the most important things that happened? Uh, basically, they hindered their storytelling ability, and <laughs> Wally West became Flash, right. I, th- I think that we just summed it up. And to their credit, that lasted a long time. Barry Allen was dead for a long time. Mm-hmm. They resurrected him in... So this was 86 where he died. And then it was like... Oh, it was man. like 2006 or something? Or later, maybe. But like in comics terms, that's yeah, an eternity. Dude, the thing is, is it was always, there was always um, Bucky, Batgirl, and, and Gwen, and, uh, Gwen and, and uh, Flash, or, and Barry Allen, right? Like, those are the ones that were never touched, right? right. And then now... All of which have been done. They've now. all come yeah. back. There's nothing left, right. dude. I mean, if I was a writer, I would probably do it, too, because it's, like, an easy sell. But, yeah. like, it's cool that, like, because, like... And back, yeah, Batgirl, like she was uh, paralyzed forever, and now she's back, and it's like that's all gone. Um, but uh, like I like um, non-handicapped Batgirl better. Does that make me racist? I don't think so. <laughs> Not racist, but uh... <laughs> I just like seeing Batgirl in costume, so I'm fine <laughs> with that. Like it's cool, but like yeah, that's crazy that like. At one Alan Moore story changed it forever, right? Like, yeah. Crisis changed this forever. Uh, Bucky just never came back, right? I mean, did he no. ever come back at all? Well, after not the as Bucky. Age? But no, so from Winter Bucky till, till Brubaker. Yeah, Brubaker so, made him into the Winter Soldier. So Bucky never showed up till Brubaker? I think in, uh, in flashback the, in the or Yeah, flashbacks in, in the Invaders probably and stuff like that. So, but I mean, like, never in a contemporary then that fashion. Win, that wins, dude. Probably. That wins. That's a long... If you're talking... I don't know. 19, they probably had Barry Allen like, flashbacks and shit during that time, right? No, I'm just saying, from when you... Flash sure, When you backs? actually bring them back. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Right? When you Guys? actually bring yeah. them back. Do you under, do you that wins. Because uh, Barbara Gordon was only paralyzed for, like, 20-something years. Be- uh, Bucky... That, Becky, let's call him Becky for now. Um, <laughs> Becky was gone for sixty years. If yeah, that's the case, that might win. Brubaker, one more reason to love you. So wait, is this Laura? No, Barbara. Linda Danvers. Yeah, is she still Linda dead? Because I know there's a Supergirl now. Like, because Joel Jones did a Supergirl and stuff. You guys already brought up MJ too, right? No, why would we? MJ's still alive. Yeah, Michael Jordan is still alive. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, so the Supergirl that was brought back, like Michael Turner, there was the Superman, Batman, and like 
they brought a Supergirl back, and then this there's is what you're not supposed to do, the dude. Joel Jones. I'm sorry, but it's not it's not the same. It's not Linda Danvers. It's a different like the Supergirl that's in like Justice League Unlimited, for example. It can't be Linda. It's not Linda Danvers. I would know that name. Um, so Linda Danvers was the first one. Correct. Right. She was the seventies, sixties, and seventies one. She's the one that I died. Love. I love that Supergirl in in this series. But then they had the one in Justice League Unlimited with a T-shirt. Right. What's with the Supergirl, Superboy, and Supergirl wearing T-shirts? Like when they come back, like because they're kids, Connor man. Cam was just wearing a T-shirt. They're easy, easy going. They're just wearing T-shirts. Yeah, I gotta Can't assume the T-shirt one was different for sure. But I don't know about the Joel Jones one. They may have just retconned the Joel Jones one. Hey Siri, oh never mind. <laughs> Yeah, Kelly, right. are you just browsing anything? According to to Peter David, uh, if his run on Supergirl had did not ended, he would have had the series being a sort of Birds of Prey type comic. Why does that matter? I'm just looking. I'm just looking up Supergirl. <laughs> Don't talk about Peter David. He's got no. Peter David has nothing to do with this. Peter David wrote Supergirl. I didn't even know that. Again, I'm sure. Dude, so there's parents. a. Oh, so Kara Zor-El. Okay, Kara. Kara. Yeah. So she was the first Supergirl. Oh. Right? This is from the 50s. Um, she was the cousin. Okay, who's Linda Denver's then? The one with the headband, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's the one that dies in final. Linda Denver's. Crisis on Linda Denver's is also the t-shirt girl, dude. She is, yeah. That's her. Really? Yeah. yeah. Same one. So that's the one that, like, Michael Turner and I don't know, shit. but that's the one that died in crisis. Right. Uh, let's see, dude. There's been a bunch of them, dude. Let's see. So Matrix. Anything about? Oh, Power Girl. Uh, she's she is from Krypton. Power Girl's from Krypton, but right. she's somebody else. Sorel. Who's Sorel? Uh, she is uh, a Supergirl. Oh, she's oh she's this one. Superwoman. But that from, looks like she's uh, from uh, Crime Syndicate, isn't she? Oh, maybe yeah. Hmm. And then also they had. Uh, Lois Lane in the, in the Frank Quitely uh, Grant yes. Morrison one, right? Yeah. That's another one. Ariella Clint, Kent. Oh, dude, there's been too many. So basically, the main one is Linda Danvers. Uh, or no, the main one is Kara Zorrell. I didn't know they were different. I thought that Linda Danvers was the Clark Kent name for uh, the Kara Zorrell. Is it not? I don't know, man. Does anybody know anything about DC I don't comic. know shit no. about Supergirl. <laughs> so, this is so stupid. Stupid comic suck. Thank you for listening, listeners. <laughs> <laughs>